0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Brian Lavoie with you here today, and I've got Brooks Childress and Cam Barry. With me here this afternoon, excited that for the first time I think this week our Mixler is working. Therefore, you can listen to us on the Sports Call tab on the Tiger FM website. Of course, you can always listen on Tiger 95.9. We've had that stream successfully running. Throughout this process, So we hope to have all things working where you can rejoin us on that Sports Call Auburn tab. But again, a lot of ways to listen. And of course, you can also listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast, which is brought to you by Coca-Cola. Today on the show, we'll have a What to Watch for over the weekend at the end. Of course, uh, a nightly TV guide and birthdays and sports. But also we'll have a couple different topics for you. One in the college football world, we're going to kind of look at some of the big matchups Uh, coming in the fall in terms of non-conference games and there was a ranking done by 247 out there today that put out their top 10 non-conference games we're going to kind of amend that list a little bit and talk about a talk about it we'll also talk more uh, some major league baseball expansion because i've just been reading things every single day on the oakland athletics move to las vegas and so let's kind of rehash that uh, pros and cons for the A's moving and, and just the situation for Major League Baseball as they have a lot of cities uh, wanting another Major League Baseball franchise and and how that's all going to play out and of course any and all Auburn news that comes available, we will keep you up to date on it. Still just days away from the last day to get your name out of the NBA draft. Still waiting decisions from Auburn Tigers including Jalen Williams and Janiah Broom. Uh, again, just about five or six days to be able to do that. And so we'll let you know if any news breaks there or anything else happening in the sports world. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Cam Barry, with you again on the show today. Cam, we'll start with you. Hope you're doing well, sir. Good to see you again.
2: I am doing really well. Uh, enjoying a Friday ready for Memorial Day weekend um a well I, I guess you can say a long weekend kind of but not really right yeah uh, not it, exactly right. for us we'll have a
1: little bit of a lighter <laughs> it, work day on monday at the, at the office but right. we'll have a show on it monday. feels like a long weekend for me because i don't have to get up at 3 30 in
2: the morning so i guess that's kind of where i'm thinking um but yeah doing really good again just continuing to watch the nba uh well now just the eastern conference finals and uh boston now has two coming back from a three to zero deficit um so we'll we'll see. Uh I made that joke with Ryan that maybe Adam Silver made in the call and said, Well, we lost the Lakers. We can't lose the Celtics. We gotta we gotta get one of those one of these big market teams in here. Um but we'll see. Uh we'll see how that goes. They they uh the Celtics really dominated back at home in game five, um, last night, so uh, we'll just have to see, but I, I do think that with Gabe Vincent playing uh, in game six, that that will be the um, game changer. And I think that he will, he they will ultimately um, end up um, winning the series, but we'll see. You never know. Uh, Boston might just be back to playing how they usually play and could win four in a row. That would be insane. Then. I think the record's like what, like one 151 and 0 yeah. or something like that, where teams go up 3 0 and they'll be 151 and 1. And that would be
1: absolutely insane, in all honesty, to witness history like that. It's going to happen at some point. Do you don't think so? Know, yeah, I think someone will come down from 3 0. Did you ever think a 16 would be to 1? That's an fair. NCAA tournament. I mean, that's fair. It's not, Nobody it's not ever like. Nobody thinks it's, it's
3: going to happen until it happens.
1: Yeah, it, it's not like I'm saying it's, it's going but to I start think happening. It's like, so
3: much harder.
1: Coming back it, from three games to none? It is, but I mean, look at this kind of perfect storm situation. I, I can make an argument that this makes sense for the situation. No, I don't yeah, want it to happen. Because the Celtics but, are the better team. Exactly. Right. And, you know. The more logical thing I thought would have happened is is someone get injured that's really significant, and I know Gabe Vincent did get hurt, but he's still probably like the the fourth most important player, fifth most important player, on, on the Heat. So, well, as of right now, he's pretty important because in terms of in terms of creation and facilitation, he's he is. It. But he's what you say behind that he's, him and Jimmy, he's still behind Butler and Adebayo, and then I would say the way Caleb Martin's played, okay. Yeah. Now now I would say Vincent next, but Struce would not be far behind. It would not right. be crazy to have a Struce series. So yeah, yeah. I don't Don't get too far into the weeds right now, but right. I, I I do think a th- a 3 a lead will be blown at some point. And I'm not I'm not promising yeah. you it's this one, but it could. But before we pass away and move on from this earth, I think it will happen at some That's point. That's fair. Brooks can, Childress also on the show today. Brooks, Dark. how are you doing?
3: All right. Um I'm great. Uh, it's a Friday, rolling it into a an, Friday. rolling into a weekend, packed sports weekend. Got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So can't wait to talk about all that. Can't wait to uh, to dive into the okay. world of the, the, some of these topics that you, know, you brought up, Brian, about you know, college football. Uh, some some games coming up and some non conference games that look someone thinks they're intriguing. I don't know if we think they're all intriguing. Uh, yeah, um, we're,
2: we're definitely going to have that debate.
3: And then and and then talk about, you know, my least favorite subject on this earth, Rob Manfred, but I meant to say this yesterday, and and I, I don't know why I didn't I didn't say it when when I was uh, when Ryan you introduced me onto the show. But yesterday was the last day of school in in the area for all the for for kids. Not college students have been out for a while, but uh, so parents schools or, out yeah. for summer. So par- parents, sorry they're back with you for <laughs> three months. Kids, welcome back to freedom. Enjoy this. Yeah. You
1: don't get a summer most of the time when you have adult jobs. Enjoy it's it. true.
3: Mm. You make Unless you some,
1: are like a teacher yeah. or something. Yeah, well,
3: then they mean. still have work days during the summer. They still have to go yeah. to school.
1: Well, I mean, but not if you teach. I mean, if you don't teach summer classes, you might have some planning periods, but you're not. I mean, large part, you're not working every day.
3: True, Not every day, no. But, you know, you still have to go to work some days in the school. As a kid, when you were growing up, that was the worst. Like, that, that you know, there was a lot of people that said, I want to be a teacher. And the, but then you, you think about it like you'd have to work inside the school, the thing that you don't want to go to every single day. You
1: know, uh, again, you I, know? I I still say that you get a little bit of a break there, but um, most jobs obviously do not. So enjoy the break while you have it. And of course, a lot of people will be flocking to the beaches this weekend. Uh, already saw people uh, tweeting out the the traffic colors on on I sixty five that were not green, uh, and <laughs> green green is what you want them to have as you go towards the beach. And it was not that. So uh, there will be. Um, a lot of people at the beaches, and again, I hope everyone does have a great summer. We continue on though with this show all summer long, uh, three hours a day, five days a week. And In all? well, yeah, I mean the sports never stop. So That's even true. even though there are lighter periods, uh, we we continue to have things to talk about. Of course, unfortunately, do not have another Auburn baseball game to talk about in the SEC tournament after they dropped wah, wah. Uh, two in a row uh, between yesterday afternoon and the night before to Vandy in Alabama. Still should be safe as regional hosts. We will find out Auburn's fate between the next time we talk to you and now as uh, Monday morning will be the selection show for the NCAA baseball tournament. So Auburn still figures to host uh, who will be in their regional we'll see. And obviously I don't think there will be too much drama in. In uh, if Auburn is going to get to eighth. They, they did not do enough to do that. But uh, just the sheer amount of success Auburn has had to have to get to a top 16 position, which I would have just kind of said you were crazy to think yeah. that back in mid-March. In right. fact, I mean, we basically said they were going to have to win out their last two series and win win the LSU series and do all these things and they did and they every did. single one of <laughs> yeah, them yeah really um, they really so. did uh, you know, they will probably have a two-seed that will be viewed as a top 20, certainly a top 25 team in the country. So it's not going to be like it's a cakewalk, although right. Auburn did have a lot of success last year when they hosted a regional. Could see a four-seed. I, I think, uh, Brooks, you said the latest projection was Sanford was the four-seed. Yeah,
3: yes. Yeah, so D1 Baseball released it this morning. Auburn actually, after the, the loss to Alabama yesterday, coming into yesterday, you know, and of course – Again, we want to say D one baseball is not gospel. We don't, you know, they they make predictions just like everybody else. So they're not the they're not the end all be all. This is not right. necessarily what's going to happen. Their
2: word is not law.
3: But they've got Auburn. They they knocked Auburn down one spot. They were a ten seed going into yesterday after the loss to Alabama. They knocked them down to an eleven seed. And the four seed uh, yesterday was supposed to be, or was uh, they said said at Alabama State today at Samford. Uh, the three seed still three seed still Troy out of the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. uh, and then the two seed is the uh, right now the North Carolina Tar Heels who has made a made quite a run in the okay. a, in the ACC tournament right now, and so they've played their way into a, a high two seed spot. Uh, right, right now for for the NCAA tournament, and we'll see what happens from the rest of the weekend. Because D one baseball and can is updating these these projections every single day after every single day's games. And so, yes, after stuff that happened in the Big Twelve tournament yesterday, they moved Oklahoma State, who was supposed to be a two seed for Auburn, out of the two seed spot into a one seed spot into a hosting position.
1: And again, the cautionary tale is. You know, this is a educated projection, yeah. uh, but of course, it is not the end all be all. So don't be surprised if Auburn ends up being like number fourteen yeah. instead of number twelve, or you know that changes the dynamics of who they have. I feel like down the line is probably easy to project because you know the no- you have the knowledge that the NCAA committee tries to put regional teams as those four seeds yeah uh and if uh i am not familiar with what's gone on in the socon tournament has sanford won that socon tournament is it still going i mean that would be a consideration obviously as you have to win those tournaments but um assuming that that is how those tournaments go i I think the socon tournament's still going actually
3: Uh, yeah um today at four o'clock is going to be the uh it's number 1 seed Samford's going to play Wait, uh, Wofford Wafford. So and then uh there's a game tonight that is going to be uh they didn't have they didn't update the uh the bracket from yesterday. But I know Sanford's going to play Wofford tonight, so, so they're still on the winner's side of things.
1: Well, so I mean, but there you go. Then, so even then, I would say I'd caution and say that that is not a final result. Sanford oh. has to actually go and win the SoCon tournament.
3: Yeah, so they they'll they'll play tonight, and then UNCG is going to play Mercer tonight. That's an elimination game in the SoCon.
1: And then I I don't know if the SWAC is still going either. What Alabama State was once a projection uh, as the four seed. So I guess the moral of the story is. The four seed will be someone that is kind of geographically close Yeah, that has won their small conferences tournament. Um, something like a Sanford if they win or Alabama State. Or even still, it could be that the winner of the SOCON, if it was Wofford or something like that, would still end up being here because, again, Wofford not that far away from uh, Auburn, Alabama. So uh, it would be something like that would be your four if Trolley gets in at large, they're abs- I feel like that's absolutely going to happen, that they're going to be in Auburn because, again, that's so close. And um, they, they've they done that. I remember they did that in a softball regional where they had Texas as the one seed hosting, but then, <laughs> then they had Texas A&M and Texas State in the same regional. So mm. uh, I think, again, assuming state of Alabama teams get in here on the lower levels, I think that that would be pretty safe to say one of them would end up at least in the Auburn Regional. The two-seed would be the one, though, that would be obviously the most formidable of a challenge. And if it is someone like North Carolina, North Carolina was ranked in the top 15 a lot this year, uh, then had a a pretty bad middle of the conference schedule and then got hot again here at the end. So uh, obviously Auburn has fond memories playing North Carolina recently as that was one of the uh, well, it was the Chapel Hill Regional that Auburn won, what was it, uh, four or five years ago, yeah. en route to the first time they, they made the College World Series with Butch Thompson. So uh, still a lot in play there, but those are uh, pretty fun projections. Again, teams kind of around this uh, this neck of the woods, and and again, also fun just to know that Auburn is in a very good position to to host a regional we're going to go to our first timeout of this show today when we come back we'll have birthdays in sports also a trip to the auburn bank phone line you're listening to the friday edition of sports call right here on tiger 95.9
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Deshaun Davis, former
4: Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: The sports call, Tiger ninety-five point nine. Ryan Lavoie, Brooks Childers, Cam Barry. Just inside my my mind, for a second, I'm just gonna. Can I be a hundred percent honest? Do it. I almost said Cam Peavy, <laughs> the first uh, first time I said Cam's name today on the show. Like in my mind, it just it it started to work in that direction, and I, I saved it and. I'll always tell my, telling myself That's if funny. I have to do that. Uh, I don't know if it's just because Cam and Tom have the short names. They end with an M, and I'm just like, all right, on to on to PV. Nope, <laughs> on to Barry. I don't know. So I uh, just wanted to be honest That's with you, funny. Cam, that I I was almost heading that direction. And Yeah, I mean, I feel it. Tom and I look very alike. So. You, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Can't tell you apart. But uh, if you wanted to Wednesdays verbal, must
3: be trouble for you. Yeah.
1: What? Well, yeah. <laughs> on the show i'm just like wow that was 50 50 guess
3: here that's funny man
1: uh anyway uh just just wanted to out myself there so if you want to give me a verbal slap later just uh feel free to do that Uh, there we go moving on now let's get to today's birthdays and sports it's time for today's birthdays and sports Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union. Two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helped you with all... Of your banking needs, Micah Parsons turns 24 today. Current outside linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, selected 12th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft by the Cowboys out of Penn State.
3: Go Lions! Uh,
1: I thought you were going to say we are there. Mm, Two thousand three off. 2021 NFL defensive rookie, of the year two-time first-team All-Pro and two-time Pro Bowler. 2021 Budkis Award winner, 2021 Pro Football Writers Association All-Rookie Team. At Penn State, Parsons was 2019 Consensus All-American and 2018 First Team Freshman All-American and also 2019 First Team All-Big Ten. Micah Parsons, who is younger than me, turns 24 today.
3: Isn't that weird?
1: It, it will. It will be oh, weird man. for a while. He's younger than me, too. Yeah. That's crazy. It'll be weird for a while. Wesley Walker turned 68, former NFL wide receiver for the New York Jets, selected 33rd overall in the 1977 NFL Draft by the Jets out of California. Come here. 1978 first-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler, 1978 NFL receiving yards leader, 1977 Pro Football Writers Association All-Rookie Team and member of the Jets Ring of Honor. Wesley Walker turned 68 today. Daryl Evans turned 76, former NFL... Uh, NFL, it's a, uh, excuse me, MLB third and first baseman. Uh, played for the Atlanta Braves. It said NFL paper. I've read the paper. and I'm sorry. Played for the Atlanta Braves, San Francisco Giants, and Detroit Tigers. Two-time All-Star, 1984 World Series champion, 1985 American League home run leader, and member of the San Francisco Giants Wall of Fame. Daryl Evans turns 76 today. And Greg Lloyd turns 58, former NFL outside linebacker, Selected in the sixth round, of the nineteen eighty-seven oh NFL gosh. draft. That's my bad on the typo, man. No, I okay. realized what I did. I'm uh, like, What's he,
2: what is he good? I should I have read ahead.
1: With... See, that's still on me that to prepare. Totally probably. my fault. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, so that's on me to. to I got to read ahead. So, Greg Lloyd, though, is starting fifty-eight today, and he is from the NFL outside linebacker. Uh, was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Fort Valley State. Oh, um, um, is it Rattlers? All uh, right, you tell me. I always called you mascot boy. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: no, it's the Wildcats. Wildcats. Let's go Wildcats. By the way, um, uh, just to uh, just to clarify, uh, Daryl Evans went to Pasadena City College. Let's go Lancers.
1: Okay, nice. And uh, city colleges usually don't make the sheet. And the, but, but thank you for that. Thank You're you welcome. for that. Uh, Greg Lloyd was three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro pro Bowler, two-time NFL forced Fumbles co-leader, member of the Steelers' all-time team, Hall of Honor, and Pittsburgh Pro Football Hall of Fame. Greg Lloyd turns 58. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Greg Lloyd, 58. Daryl Evans, 76. Wesley Walker, 68. And Micah Parsons, 24. Today. All right, let's go to our next timeout of the show. When we come back, Retired of Steve will join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9.
0: Engine, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi,
4: my name is Hi, My name is Hi. My name is
0: Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're done paying the bills. Now back to sports call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry. Girl. Brooks Childress. Hey. Girl. Yeah. That was my own little, since you guys did a little something. Uh, have a full three-hour show today. A lot of good things in store. Again, a couple different topics, college football and some Major League Baseball coming up in a little bit. If you want to give us a call today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one 9 Tiger 9. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line, for the first time today, War Damn Steve. Retire War Damn Steve is with us. Steve, how are you doing?
5: Good. It's Friday. We uh, all survived and made it to Friday, didn't we?
1: Yes, we Another did. Another week.
5: Another week. So it's uh, Brian uh, Brooks and is it Cam? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. The uh, three caballeros. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well let's, get, let's get to it, guys. I see that, what's uh, apparently is, Keeping it close though with Oklahoma, it's only nine to two in the seventh inning.
1: Yeah, uh, they uh, they had gotten a little rally, I think, in the fifth and cut it to four two, and then Oklahoma hit a grand slam in the bottom half of that inning, so it, that did not last long.
5: Well. Yeah, uh, of course I'm being sarcastic. I mean, uh, I expect it to be like a twenty to two score, but I, I guess they're taking it easy on Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of that, the uh, Comedy by Jason Caldwell. I don't know if you've read it, uh his Friday mailbag. That's some interesting little tidbits. Uh one on Jenia Broom. He actually saw Jai Broom at uh, one of our baseball games uh this past week. Uh, do you ever read his column?
1: Uh, I, I usually do not.
5: okay. Well anyway, uh he said he didn't get to speak with him, but here's his uh, bottom. someone asked him what's uh, his thoughts about Janaya Broom returning or not. He says, while I think He's got some work to do in order to make it on the next level. This team needs him back, and he says he believes he will be coming back. Uh, you guys um, know anything more substantive than that?
1: No, not particularly. I mean, again, yeah. we're just uh, kind speculating. of speculating, adding all the uh, information that is available. And again, it's 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 coming down on the wire clearly. And I think this is something that that Broom has thought a lot about and has become a a tougher decision for him as he had so much success uh, through the draft combine process Um, I would still rank it as about the 60-40 chance that he comes back but uh, it will be a little surprising if he leaves but I won't be completely flabbergasted we're just again we're going to find out in a few days here I mean it's not going to be long
5: well if he did not return um, that would be a pretty uh, big loss would you Oh, that? Yeah.
1: That would be yeah. a huge loss. Yeah, no, for for sure. Um, like a giant w- hole. We we've talked about the ramifications for Auburn's team if that were to happen, because at this point, I mean, I, I just can't think of anyone that not only would be on Broom's level in the portal, but would be particularly close. Um, you know, they have obviously done a really good job with getting a big man in the portal two years in a row. When you look at Broom and then Kessler before that, but. Uh, everyone that's in the portal, that's going to be in the portal, is in the portal because that deadline passed. So unless I'm missing something on on some big man that is is uh, is out there that just has not been recruited much despite being a big deal, unless I'm missing on that, there's just not going to be anyone that's going to to come up to the level of Jani Broom. So uh, if he were to depart, uh, that would leave a, a serious hole that will uh, have to be filled, and again, probably not filled. Very, uh, very uh, holy. So I, I, I think that uh, it would be very detrimental to what Auburn's trying to do. They'll have to reshape the way they 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 think about operating with the team next year. I mean, I, I think they'd have to have a lot of small lineups, and it, it would change a lot of things. So uh, it it would be rough for Auburn.
5: Do you think Al Money would uh, be in a thing for him to remain?
1: I mean, I'm sure Auburn has come up with the with an <laughs> offer there, or you know, going to have. Uh, he's going to make a decent amount if he does come back to Auburn. But again, you know, moving on to the professional ranks, if he does get – we've talked about that two-way contract. Uh, that, that's several hundred thousand dollars of guarantee there. And yeah. a two-way contract allows you to both play in the G League and in be the on game. the NBA yeah. roster for half the season. So uh, if he can lock down a guarantee from one of those teams, then that is an excellent opportunity, which would be very hard to pass up.
5: Okay. Well, uh we will know something what, by Tuesday to Wednesday next week?
1: Yeah, the thirty first. Yep. yep. Wednesday.
5: Okay. All right. Moving on to uh still sticking with some tidbits from Jason Caldwell's uh Friday mailbag. <clears throat> Someone asked him about the uh baseball team's uh, postseason uh expectations and uh he says here that uh he says he likes what he's seen from Chase Osap and uh, Tommy Vale and that uh he's, he feels that uh, the, the team has made, uh, to, 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 he says they have a shot to get to the College World Series if they, if our pitching uh, gets, you know, continues as it has been. So that's what I'm concerned about, guys. The pitching that was seen against Alabama-Vanderbilt uh, was not the pitching that uh, we'd seen prior to those two games. Uh, what do you see being the likelihood of that bad, you know, rearing his head again versus you no? Know, that was just
3: Probably. Well, I think the the big issue that you, you saw here is how early Auburn had to play in the SEC tournament. You came off of a three game weekend series against uh, against Missouri, and it did end on Saturday, but it still wasn't a full you know rest where you had to go in, and you you know you had everybody on full rest like you would if you, it was a weekend series to a weekend series with maybe a midweek game thrown in there, and so you were already pretty stretched. Uh, coming off that weekend, and so if if Auburn, you know, d- more than likely the 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 regional is probably going to start on a Friday next week. Uh, it, it could start on a Thursday, but still, you're going to have a full week of rest in there. You'll be able to go back to what your rotation was uh, coming into this weekend. Um, Auburn was actually very lucky to be able to have Tommy Vail for that first game, or else it, it could have been a little bit different in that that Missouri game too, because you know you you didn't have one of your you wouldn't have had one of your regular starters going there, and if you did, it wouldn't have been on full rest. So with Auburn getting a week off here. Going into that that regional tournament, if you can you know do what they did last year and win that first game, if if you can, you know, as the one seed, make it through in the three days in in the you know three days and three games in three days, um you've got a really good shot to to make it through, and then you get to that super regional. You're back to that, hey, we only have three games to work with, so you're going with you're going back to your normal rotation. So uh, I think what what really happened, what what got Auburn, was not having everybody on full rest going, on, going into that, that week. You just had, you know, two days to get ready for things.
5: Because Vail was not the Vail that, uh, you know, I'm used to see. Um, but then we were also without uh, Herman He should be ready to play, right?
3: Uh, they, we don't know what that's going to be. I'm sure they'll, we'll hear more this week from, uh, from Butch Thompson when he meets with the media going into the regional weekend. Uh, but you know, the, everything that was pointing to it was they were holding him out to get him ready for the regionals. And so we'll, we'll
5: see what, what happens. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, you guys are familiar with Mr. Chris Lowe, aren't you? Yes, we are. Uh, would you say he is a fan of a, a Auburn program?
1: I mean, I, I think he's a media member. So yeah, I think I, he's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not supposed to be fans nor hate any programs.
5: Well, I mean, there are some of these sports writers that have a certain uh, angle and a certain axe to grind when it comes to Auburn uh, sports. Do you agree or don't?
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, some people perceive it that way. Uh, I certainly think Pete there's Pete one of them? No, I would no. not say Pete Thamel uh, at all would be one of them. If, if anyone, it would be some something like Jeff Goodman or, or something like that because of okay. of something with Bruce Pearl related. But but at large, no, the national media is, I don't believe, out to get Auburn.
5: Well, I remember Pete Thamel digging for stuff on Cam Newton.
1: Well, a lot of people were digging That's for true. stuff with Cam yeah. Newton at, yeah. during that time.
5: Okay, well, then Chris Lowe... Uh, has written an article, uh, <clears throat> it was uh, yesterday, but I just saw it, <clears throat> it's entitled, Brian Harson's Thriving Away from Football at Rocky Tenure at Auburn. Have you uh, looked at that or read that article?
2: Yes, we yes, have. have.
5: What did you guys make of it?
2: Um, I mean, I thought of it more as, you know, Lowe was just writing what Brian Harson said, um, and I've, did feel as though Harson was continuing to play a bit of the victim card, whereas he, you know, where he didn't take responsibilities for his own inactions of not living up to the expectations of uh, being the head coach of an SEC football program.
5: Yeah, well, I'm looking at one of the quotes here that had me wondering, really, uh, wow. Uh, why do not you be a little more specific? Uh, the quote is uh, from Harson: "Is there were things we didn't like." There were things that were disappointing, on and off the field. There were things that I wish I would have done better, and there were things where we got a chance to see some of the worst in people. Uh, what do you think he's talking about, guys? Well,
1: I, I think the the main thing would be the accusations against yeah. him and uh, the staffer that that they tried to allege he had an affair with. And and look on right. that on that part of it, again, assuming I mean the Absolutely. investigation was made and nothing was found. So. Uh, that is never a, a good look, and, and that's the one part of it that uh, Auburn absolutely yeah, should be, ugly head. Yeah, yeah, should be uh, reprimanded for. Because look, you can't just hurl accusations at people without any basis for them whatsoever. I mean, if you're married, that is a very serious accusation to say that. That person is having an affair with someone yeah. without any base for that whatsoever, other than the girl's attractive. Yeah, you know, you know, it works the same job. How would you feel if, if that accusation was hurled at you just because someone else uh, is at the workplace? So, that part of it is absolutely fair to point to if you're Harson because sure. that part of it was was absolutely abhorrent. Now the rest of it is is Brian Harson's malpractice. As the Auburn head coach, you know the, the rest, all, everything else was obviously him. poor. The recruiting, yeah. the the game planning, the the stri- strategy, all of that into being the Auburn head coach was on him, and, and and that was him not doing a good job. But he is fair, and others are career, are fair to point out that that Auburn should be criticized for launching uh, some some. Unwarranted allegations at Harson and his family.
2: Yeah, very rough stuff. I was I was very ashamed of of Auburn uh, when that stuff came out. I was very unhappy uh, with with all of that in general.
5: Yeah, uh, those uh, comments were, were merited, and I hated when uh, all those you know mud slinging towards family uh, was done. Uh, yeah. in no that way uh, that's justifiable. Uh, what I didn't see from him uh, in his comments was overlooked, at uh, taking any accountability for nope. why in the world did you have such a damn difficult time recruiting players that now freezes barely you know, uh, signing left and right? Yeah,
2: yeah. He, he did bad. He just didn't do a good job with it.
1: Yeah, He he didn't understand it. Yeah. Uh, he he didn't get it. Um, he didn't understand that there is intense relationship building that has to happen not just with the players. It, the players might be one thing out and in Boise Idaho but you have to know these coaches and these programs it it is very intrinsically woven on you need to know you need to be going through these places time and time again just to build foundations of relationships not again with just those players but with the coaches of these high schools because that can can matter at sometimes too and so he didn't understand the groundwork required to get these big top recruits uh at, at into this school i think he thought that auburn would just recruit itself that that it was just enough to be named auburn university to have pretty solid facilities in the works and and that would be good enough there is a relationship base to recruiting Uh, That is very important and it dates all the way to the time that kid walks into high school is when those relationships start needing to being built. And with their coaches, it needs to be built throughout the entirety uh, of the time that these coaches are there. So I don't think he understood the magnitude and the groundwork needed for recruiting at this level. And I, and to this day, I still don't think he, he understands that. And, and so, you know, he's, he acknowledges, he's very vague with it. He says he, he, he did, did some things he wished had done differently. I don't know if he's referring to recruiting or game planning or or what exactly he's referring to. Uh, But I I still think to this day, he doesn't understand how deep the recruiting uh, has to run that, that, No school can just rest on its name alone. You have to actively be doing this for years and years uh, with these kids, trying to get them to go to your school.
5: Well, you know, guys, uh, at the very end of this article, uh, he was asked about the uh, challenging for the recruiting, and he seemed to uh, place a great deal of the poor recruiting on the COVID-19 restrictions uh, because he went on to say it was difficult, me to get out and see anybody to meet people. Um, is is that really but uh, just file defense?
1: No. not no, because because yeah, that's not true kids still went places. <laughs> yep. Kids still committed to other places. Right. You know, I mean and, and again, if they were if if Auburn was twentieth Okay, if it was just the 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 worst end of the scale for Auburn, Auburn historically recruiting has had several top 10 classes with Chizik and with Malzahn, but they've also been in the high teens, early 20s sometimes, too. So if he was 20th, all right, maybe I can give him a benefit of the doubt that that little extra push they're not getting with these kids. The dude was like fifty seventh or something, fifty eighth with this class when he uh, was removed. In in the other class was was uh, I guess it was in the twenties or somewhere in thirties. It, it, it was at no point. To the standard of of Auburn's recruiting, and so um, the fact that it was worse the second year—I mean, last year's recruiting should not have been any influence by COVID whatsoever. The fact that it was worse the second year tells me that he did not get it, and he did not make that extra effort.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the part that I thought. Well, gee, you know, you still uh, really are not grasping how this, you know. Uh, debacle, uh, you know, led to you getting fired. Okay, well, that's all I got, guys. So, um I'm I'm still leaning with Florida. I know Ryan. I think you were leaning more with LSU, maybe. Yeah, I had, had LSU's my
1: one A, and Florida is my one B. Yep.
5: Yeah, and LSU uh, lost to A and M, uh, right?
1: Uh, no, they so played Arkansas. It was yes. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. They play A and M today in elimination game.
5: Yeah, I'm surprised Arkansas. um beat LSU. Uh, uh, it, it was five to two and then it ended up being five to four. Were you the five of Arkansas doing what they did?
1: I mean, again, to, on some level, I, I do think LSU's a more, a little more talented team, but again, all these top four or five teams in the SEC, they're all good enough not only to go to Omaha, but to win the whole thing. I mean, it is a rotating cast of who you like more at, at what time, and, and so LSU was number one in the country for the majority of the year. Obviously, they fell the last couple of weeks of the year. Auburn helped them a little bit in that, too, taking that series against them, but I think that LSU is still incredibly talented. I think Arkansas has snuck under the radar to some degree because they didn't have maybe the star power that a couple of these teams did, but obviously they finished second in the league, so they finished right there with LSU. In fact, a half game better than LSU, and then obviously Florida right there who had the big comeback on Alabama to set up that Alabama-Auburn elimination game yesterday, so... Uh, any of these teams, whether they win in Hoover or lose in Hoover, they still are all incredibly capable uh, of ending up in Omaha and ending up in that final series.
5: Okay, I'd like the consensus if I can. Finally, what is the probability that Auburn will be a host?
1: I'm going to go eighty percent, eighty-five percent. I'm not going to. I'm not going to promise it to you, but I think it's it's a, a good bet.
5: Okay, so I should or should not bet the mortgage on it.
1: No, I I don't like betting, period. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't support that I- anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I still think there's a, a good probability, again, 80 to 85, maybe even 90%. Most people agree um, on the projections that Auburn will host and that they'll be, again, somewhere between that like 11 and 13, maybe 14 number.
5: Okay. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for uh, letting me ramble some today. Uh, it is Friday, so you guys, I hope you have a enjoyable, relaxing uh, weekend. Uh, will there be a show for Monday?
1: Yes, there will be a show. Same time, same place as always.
5: Okay, so you guys will be on the clock then. All right, well, I'll be on the clock with you. And so until next time, guys, War Eagle.
1: War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate that phone call. Have a great weekend. That's retired War Dame Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Only a couple minutes left in this hour. Yeah, that article. I guess we'll just we'll just finish up the hour with this. Um, it definitely continued to irritate more people around here, and I th- you know look, I am not. I've seen Chris Lowe uh, in pressers before. I've seen him write really positive things about Hugh Freeze before. Um, I I don't know how he feels deep down about Auburn University, and it's really. Like, I don't even know what we accomplished if we determined that he, like, 8% dislikes Auburn or actually 2% likes Auburn or if it varies year to year. I, I don't know. I don't know what we actually uh, accomplished in doing that. But the heart of the matter is that you had a head coach, Brian Harson, for two years that did nothing successful with the Auburn football program. And that's why a change was mandated after two years. Look. The The wrong part of it was that Auburn desperately tried to make some things up about him to get him out uh, with costs. And, and that part of it, uh, you can't make up serious personal things. You know, and we try and have that discussion on the show sometimes. Like, we have disagreements, and certainly our callers have disagreements with us sometimes and vice versa, but I don't make you out to be a bad human being, nor hopefully do you with me. Because we disagree over something sports-wise, obviously Auburn did not like the job that Brian Harson was doing uh, as the head football coach, as they shouldn't have, uh, because he was not doing a good job. But that does not mean it's okay to then go to the personal level and try mm-hmm. to potentially destroy a life mm-hmm. uh, just because you're trying to save money. And again, he's gonna he got his big yeah. buyout, and, and now he's you know obviously. Back in not, Idaho. Not, yeah, not not back in Idaho, not a huge fan of Auburn, whatever. I You know, at the same time, there's a level where we we got to try not to care because he, he obviously is not going to care about Auburn anymore, and Auburn's going to care about what Hugh Freeze is doing for the football program. And we've right. talked at length about uh, the positive uh, transfer portal cycle that Freeze has had, and And uh, making something out of absolutely nothing with this previous uh, recruiting class, him and and Cadillac Williams going to work quickly on that to salvage something. Um, And and so, again, I know a lot of people have thoughts about it. Cam, real quickly in a minute. I mean, you know, did uh, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a question here. Just your thoughts when you read it, and do you even care that much about it?
2: You know, I just I thought it was a piece that really obviously it frustrated a lot of the Auburn fans because of the lack of accountability that Brian Harson seemed to have taken. I mean, obviously, he did say you know I wish I could have done things better, but it's that's vague. not yeah that's yeah, vague. What that's what not, not yep. really that's not really taking accountability that, for the lack. That's of, the general
3: line. Any coach right. that gets fired, it's like yeah. oh, I wish we could have done right. X better. Right, you
2: always wish you could have done things better to keep your job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But just overall, that I think was the most frustrating part about it. But other than that, I mean, no, I don't care, you know, too much about it. He's gone. He's got his money. He's back where he wants to be back in the Midwest. We have Hugh Freeze, who truly understands what it is to run an SEC program um, and is doing it successfully, bringing in all of these transfers. Really, like you said, Ryan, building something out of nothing. Um, truly had a skeleton roster when he got hired on and and now we you know we uh we expected you know what like what brian Matthews said um on on wednesday he said this team was like a four maybe three four win team now this team's about a seven eight win team maybe a nine win team uh so a completely different i mean just a total 180 so um at this point you know brian harson's gone yeah, I saw on Twitter Brant muted Harson. I feel it, bro. Like he, I'm with him at that point. You know, just he's gone. Forget it. It's done. What's done is done. Um, let's move on. We have a new head football coach. Let's move, let's look forward to the 2023 season.
1: Certainly, some people talking about that article though. Oh yeah. Uh, after uh, after that Chris Lowe deal again, reporting on on Brian Harson. But again, that is now the past. And our hour number one is in the past. On the other side of this break. We'll talk more about some college football. We'll look at some of the non-conference games coming (laughs) up uh, this season. Also, a little bit later, more Major League Baseball's constant talk of the Oakland Athletics moving to Las Vegas. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call right here on on Tiger 95.9.
0: One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Our
1: number two is Sports Call, starting right now. Tiger ninety-five point nine, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoy, Brooks Childers, Cam Berry, with you here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Couple more hours with you here today. Fun first hour. Uh, we did get a comment there just as we were going to break from Ricky who has been a long time listener in the program we certainly appreciate Ricky uh, he gave some thoughts for us on Twitter uh, at Sports Call gotta disagree with he didn't know what it takes to form the relationships he has a son that is in the age group to recruit I'm leaning more to that after the blatant witch hunt by the Auburn good old boys he mailed it in that's again Ricky uh, sh- chiming in on Twitter there uh, you know did he Did he phone it in at the end? Maybe. But here's... uh, I I want to reference here something that Brian Stoltz of Auburn Rivals wrote and then a couple other things. Uh, Back when uh, Harson was fired in October... Uh, taking a paragraph out of one of these, again, Auburn rivals Brian Stoltz. But what did he expect? Of course, referring to Harson. When it took Harson more than a year to get started to know the names of the most important high school coaches in the state, it was a warning sign. So it was the recruiting dinner no-show at a local club, and many of his top assistants had yet to leave campus on Friday nights to put their faces and names out there with some of the top players in the state. That, via Brian Stoltz back in October, on Auburn rivals, that clearly to me indicates he didn't get it—not from the word go. He was not Here. going out uh, in the community to to meet these coaches. He was not sending his assistants to recruit. Um, I can recall other stories being written in the aftermath of Harson, where high school coaches were interviewed that Auburn had not come there in months or years, and that they've not not seen Brian Harson, ever met Brian Harson. So that was happening the entirety of the time. Uh, Brian Harson was here. Uh, whether, you know, it got even worse in year two, okay, maybe. But it was already in a really bad place. And, again, those relationships from the word go were not being built. So I think pretty clearly Brian Harson uh, was not going out there from day one. And if you're not going out there from day one, you don't get it. And so um, I know that Davis is a senior uh, in high school or was a senior in high school, uh, is going to be a senior in high school in, in Idaho and was at Auburn High, but um, that I don't think that uh, that struck the chord that uh, Brian Harson needed to to build those relationships. Um, and again, there was a lot of lot written in the aftermath there. And I can also recall assistants uh, that that went on throughout the year that the assistants would ask Coach Harson if uh, they needed to go out and recruit. Said no, work on the film, work on the work on the ball part of it. All about the ball. So uh, that was a uh, a again, a pretty thorough uh, mismanagement of the situation from the word go, and and uh, you know, I think that pretty clearly, again, we don't we normally would not spend much time on it, but just because of that article being brought up and and that sort of thing, unfortunately, it was just kind of um, a, a pressing topic today, uh, just because uh, Steve bringing it up there and. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it's not it's not shocking to see the the difference here. Mm-hmm. And again, Hugh Freeze is I feel known to be a good recruiter, uh, but to be able to get Auburn back to um, somewhere between the bare minimum and decent success in the portal and high school ranks in just a matter of months shows you how little effort was Shit being difference. put into it before. So yeah. Uh, that has been uh, well written about. 334 887 341 or toll free one 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We go back to the Auburn Bank phone line next. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you doing?
4: Doing good. And you guys?
1: Doing well. Doing well, sir.
4: I want to ask you guys now. If, if you guys were in a position as a leg director or a top at of school or or somebody that had really big influence that can make something happen, and you're going to hire a football coach to turn your program around and get you in a position where you can get into hallelujah land or wherever you're trying to go. When you think when you sit down with the athletic director there, your number one in two boots, I would assume would be there too, and the property president of the university, and as you sit down and interview with a coach that you think is going to be the man for you, when you ask somebody a strategy or what kind of plan or method he has as far as using for his recruiting?
1: Uh, you would think they yeah. would. For sure.
4: I mean, somebody really dropped the ball there. That was never discussed. Uh, You know, uh, in recent years, Auburn hadn't had the offensive line that they have had years past. So you would think there, somebody would say, look, we got to get out on this recruiting trail and and really hit this position here because we hadn't had it. And it's really been the big eyesore that has caused us to lose games and not be in a position to do anything. And I just can't understand how that was missed.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, of course people – I, I don't put it past people to perform well in an interview because, look, obviously uh, these these ADs or boosters, they make poor decisions at other schools too. I mean, the, right. the, every, hire, every hire is a good hire when you make it, and then all of a sudden it becomes a bad hire once the results in the field start to trickle in. So at the time, I'm sure that they heard... Whatever they need to hear, whether they asked the correct questions or not, or whether Brian Harson gave them the right answers or not. Uh, obviously, what, what turned out was a, a bunch of a bunch of nonsense. The next couple of years. So, uh, you know, I mean, look, it's fair to wonder, uh, make sure that the right questions are being asked, but at the same time, you know, this, you know, bad hires happen all the time, unfortunately. So, at some point, either the questions were poor or the answers were misleading, but uh, the result became the same.
4: You know, um, we've talked about this on the radio show from time to time. And again, when in that first year, when the rumors were circulating that he wasn't out on the recruiting trail, he wasn't going to these banquets, he wasn't going shaking hands and kissing babies, I would have went ahead if I'd B, I had been the power to be. I would have went ahead and raised the money and got him out of the Because I mean, you set in the program way, way back by doing stupid stuff like that, you're not out uh, at these top high schools or, or out in an area where your number one booster wants you to be because that's where the top talent at and you somewhere on a vacation uh, somewhere in Mexico or wherever he was at, laying out there on the Mexican Riviera, area, uh, drinking uh, some kind of tropical drink and looking at the girls out there, some or whatnot. I mean, you ain't going to win no football games like that. I don't need that man over there on that campus watching film and, and instructing coaches of how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that and what target or what player we going after. Y'all get out there and hit the road, and uh, I'll be here. Uh, call me. I'm watching film, and you can let me know uh, if you need to talk to me or anything. But I'm on one quick story for y'all, and I know y'all got other callers. I was reading a book one time. Uh, Gene Stalin said that uh, when he first started coaching for Bear Brown's assistant, back in those days, uh, you go stay with some of the top boosters, uh, spend the night if you was in a town trying to get top talent or whatnot. And he said it was about midnight, and he had gotten to bed, and he was sleeping, and the phone rang, and, and whoever was hosting him answered the phone. He said, where's old Babe you know, He didn't sleep, sleep. He woke him up and, and of course, a few uh, choice words we can't say on the radio, but he got through chewing him and cussing him out. He told you need to be at so-and-so House sitting in the driveway. I know it's midnight, and he can't do anything. But you going to sit in the driveway and watch the house all night, keeping other coach from getting there because we got to sign him. Uh, short, sometimes shortly after midnight or whatnot. Back in those days, you could do that, and uh, he had to get up and go uh, sit in the driveway. And uh, sure enough, was able to sign him. So that goes to show you how serious recruiting uh, is, uh, especially here in the South.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, absolutely. That is a that is a great story there. And, and you know, as far as the. The on the field stuff, you know, I, I don't I have not read the the vast reports that Harson uh, didn't put time into that effort. I think I think it was to a fault that he put too much time into. Now, obviously, still not successfully, by the way, but I do think he put time into uh, the all about the ball was the was the mantra he used last year, and I think he would got a little too obsessive about just the football part of it. He didn't understand any ah. of the other parts of it. On top of not being Excellent X's and O's, Y's, and that sort of thing. I so I don't I don't think the effort lacked in that department. I just don't think he was very, very adept at that department.
4: You know, maybe he belongs in the NFL somewhere where you don't have to worry about recruiting anybody. Uh, you know, uh, you got scouts to go out and look at talent and they rate talent, and then you just go uh, in the draft uh, whatever pick you get and hope so and so can be there at the time you get ready to pick. Maybe he might be better suited for that sort of thing on that level going to be fooling around uh, at a major program, especially in the South Eastern Conference, uh, thinking that you're going to be able to stay longevity out of place and you ain't uh, got no kind of strategy or, or no effort or no kind of nothing going in and recruiting. You think uh, they're just going to show up or whatnot? I mean, with everybody at Georgia or Alabama and everybody else in the whole world uh, going after all the top talent that you would need to be successful year in and year out, and you think you're going to sit around on the beach somewhere and... And look at his pretty wife all day long. I mean, come on, he just that just ain't gonna work. But I'm gonna tell you something. Like I told somebody other other day, I don't think that man'll never get another head coaching job anywhere. Cause uh, you know, everybody else gonna find out what he was doing as far as that recruiting thing going. And now nowadays, you got what two years. If you can't turn a program program around in two years, there's no such thing as even entering year three. That's how things have got. When you look at the transfer portal and, and how that thing is working. Uh, LSU just using it for a basketball standpoint and a football standpoint. Uh, look how they turn their programs around that quickly by using that portal. I mean, changing coaches and using that portal. Uh, look, I mean, you know, look at the, what happened in that short period of time like that. So uh, I highly doubt it, guys. I appreciate it, and y'all have a good one. You and too- be safe on the holiday. Hey, you yes, too, you have
1: a great weekend. That is uh, Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, getting in his thoughts there as we – uh, have regressed in some way back to the uh, end of 2022, and uh, looking at post-Aftermath of, uh, <laughs> of Brian harson. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, again, uh, many ways in which it failed. Um, you know, I, the, the recruiting stuff again was going poorly from the word go. The on-the-field stuff was not all awful year one. Obviously, Auburn no, was, it was was it's was moments away team. from winning an Iron Bowl and being. Yeah. Seven and five, and look, seven five is not something celebrated Auburn. But you, you get seven and five, and you're mm-hmm. one with an Iron Bowl victory. Then, you know, again, you would not have seen uh, the the vast disappointment from even the the, the very next yeah. year. So On a regular rock, it's like a shiny rock because we won the Iron Bowl. R- right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that that kind of deal, though, as Anthony mentioned at the end, with the portal, let's let me pose this question. Then we'll go to break. I mean, what is the right amount of time in general? Now look, there's gonna be special cases. Brian Harson was especially bad, so it was especially quick. As we talked about cooking things up after one year, where some of the boosters to try to get him out even after one year. But in general, how in your mind has the portal how, how much has the portal moved up the timeline for how long someone should get? Again, in general, there's not gonna be a one size fits all deal here but right. what is your timeline like now in 2023 <sighs> that's kind of tough um
2: i would say I, I really do think that two years is probably that that real right mark um at this point it's it just that expectation and by year three you need to really you know be in lockstep with how 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 your program is going to be moving forward um and i mean even in that second year you gotta have i mean obviously that expectation is year to year improvement right um but i think the improvement it needs to be probably a two three win improvement per year um to at least the point of in that third year your expectation is you're winning you know nine maybe ten games um I, i i would say that that two years Two and a half, three, three, you know, around there, two to three, I would say.
3: You see, the problem here is, and I've seen it out there, there's some people that say now it's one year. No. And it's it's, it, it's ridiculous, but I, there's some people out there that say it's one year. I'm still in the belief personally that it's four years for a program. Even with the portal, because a the presidential portal, term, yeah, because the portal is still at at its base, should not be used to you know flip your whole roster. Yeah. And in in the in the case of you know uh, what Auburn's doing this year, it, it's a little more necessary to go to the portal than you know other years because of the state that Brian Harson left the program in. What really right. he free to do, but you're still. I would say 70 to 80 percent of your roster still should be the people that you recruit from high school, get in here and build your program that way. And that, you know, to get to get to where you want to be, that takes about three, three to four years. And so I, I, you know, I think the portal again, I'm 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 for the portal. I like the portal, but I think it for for recruiting wise, for program building, it should only be. Mainly used to fill holes. You shouldn't go in there every single year, saying, "Oh, we've got to get a quarterback out of the portal," because right. n- not every single year you're going to find a you know a, a quarterback that's going to no. win you football games. I mean, look at look at last year for for I know it, you know different reasons, but Brian Harson had two portal quarterbacks on his roster. At, at uh, not one of them wasn't necessarily you know fully recruited by him, but and it, it was T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford were the two main ones. They came in through the portal to, to well, don't Auburn. forget
1: Calzada existed. and
3: Calzada too. was there. Yeah. And Auburn had five wins, and it would have been less if Harson had stayed the re- the whole year. They wouldn't have won. Yeah. They they wouldn't have at least won that. Uh, probably wouldn't have won that Texas would A&M not game. Would have won
2: Texas A&M.
3: And so, you know, I, I I'm still of the opinion if, if if you're telling me it has to get moved up, I'm moving it up to one just one year to three years. I'm getting coached three years, but I'm still of the opinion it's it's four years to get a program turned or to get the program uh, moving in the direction that need to. Now, let me say this. I do need to see improvement. I need to see if, if you come in, say you fired a coach and they went five and seven, I need you to get to that sixth win in your first year and then continue to improve going up from there. I need you to, uh, I need you to get to that sixth win. I'm not going to fire you, but I uh, immediately, if you don't, if you're a, you know, if you go take a step back or you, you know, it, it doesn't look like you're making any steps forward. It's, I, I'm that second year starts to get to be like, all right, now all right. you got to show, show us something here. Um, but I, I'm three, four years. I'm, I'm fine with sure. that. And
1: That's again, uh, if you're just joining us at the tail end of one of those conversations, again, we're talking in general, not just with, with the Auburn situation. Yeah. Uh, the question was the general timeline now, uh, given that all things are reasonable, uh, that there's not some malpractice going on in one part of the program or, Everyone around you is on fire. Just just a generalized thing. Um, before the portal, I was definitely one of those people that I felt you needed to turn over the entire roster, the, the four to five-year mark. But I believe that I can have that opinion and move it up a year to three now. Because I think the entire roster flips in about three years. Um, there will be a few guys that would stick it out as a freshman to a senior, despite not playing a lot, or maybe just be a good player that's not quite not good enough to go pro. But that situation has become far less than what it was. And you look at and look Auburn's circumstances is, is a little different this year because they are in the middle of a coaching change, and in the middle of a talent revival where they had probably as little talent on the roster as they've had, I mean, since before we were born on this show, as as mid-20s guys, uh, mid-to-late 20s guys. So least amount of talent in that respect. So it's a little different. But 20 people in the portal, 21 high school players. They basically brought in the same amount of players in the portal then and in, in high school. So what I'm saying to you is, if you get 15 to 20 portal players three times, here's some math. That's 50 to 60 players in a three-year span. That's almost a team. Yeah. And couple that with a few of the high school guys that you get and actually retain, that is a team. Uh, if you if you go on that to, uh, that level of uh, just that that high rate of player, again, not everyone gets 20 portal players a year and. Uh, some only have, I guess, seven or eight and right. not as many transfer out. But, uh, again, it necessitated Auburn got 20 new players in the program. So my thought process is my whole experiment is I want you to get your team out there and see what your team with your guys that you evaluated right. and you co- coached and you coached alone, I want to see what you do with your guys. Um, again, every situation is different and as brooks said you know if you're going on this weird plan where you're like up for a year or two but then you go down the next year or two that that can be different there can be different things if you're not showing improvement but in general my my deal is three years three full years uh to assess things because i think that's the rate in which a college football roster now turns over as opposed to the four to five years uh, in the past but uh it is certainly move the needle because I'm not always very accepting of change and I'm not usually as critical. Uh, I'm not usually one of those trying to burn down the, the, the stake, burn down the house from, from day one if someone's not performing. But even I admit that I've got to move it up a year because yeah. of just the rate in which uh, rosters change. And, and unless some sort of a new legislation is in there, if, there were, if you're just always going to have the portal like this – which I know they're going to add the the second time transfer that has stipulations, but if you're going to have the, the free access basically at least once to get in the portal, this this number won't change much. Yeah, uh, Dion's will be an outlier. There won't be 50 <laughs> Four, players. Yeah, you I was know, saying, but go, uh, go get 48 guys, <laughs> right? But the 15, the 20 number will happen plenty of places yeah, each definitely. year. So uh, I look at it as three years, of course. You're also looking at what kind of program you are. If you're a lower P5, you sometimes afford to wait a little longer. If you're the creme de la creme, you maybe not afford to wait uh, that long. So, again, that's why just the general rule of thumb there. Cam says two, three-ish years. Uh, Brooks goes four. I go three. Uh, But, uh, again, that's a generalized thing, not necessarily what Auburn will do or should do here in the coming years. And, of course, you all at some point have to win. Again, you marry it with the timeline that Hugh Freeze puts it on. I think he's on the three- to four-year timeline, too, yeah. where he says this 2024 class and the 2025 class will dictate uh, how the Auburn tenure goes, and I think we pretty much all agree with that. We're going to take our first timeout of our number two. We've been looking in the past. Now we'll look ahead to this fall. We'll look at the top non-conference matchups coming up in 2023. 247 did a ranking of them. We'll agree with some. We'll disagree with some. But we'll kind of break that down coming up next.
0: Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at
4: SportsCallAU. I'm Jeff Woodaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry with you here on this Friday afternoon. I want to remind you, if you, miss, if you miss anything at all, the Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola Taste the Feeling. All right, so tease this before we went to break. 247, who is certainly a site that we well respect, not only for their uh, coverage on the Auburn beat, but also in a national capacity with our friend like Brandon Marcello and some of the other fine folks that they have covering college football there. They put out a top ten list of the uh, – here's what they call it – 2023 college football best non-conference games of the season. So – This is a little more flawed than I originally uh, thought about, but we're still going to dissect it a little bit. Um, They appeared to not put
2: non-conference
1: rivalry games on there. Set rivalries, right? Um, So that's the qualifier here. Now they did put Army Navy on here, which
5: (sighs) that doesn't make sense. Then I just I'm sorry, counterintuitive. Yeah, it's uh,
1: it's not. It doesn't make sense on here. But here are the ten. I'm not going to provide comment until I read through the 10. All right. This is 2023 college football, best I'll non-conference I'll games. I'll try not to comment. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll comment them all on the, eventually. Best non-conference games of the season, according to 247. Number 10, Ole Miss at Tulane, September 9th. Number 9, on September 9th, Oregon at Texas Tech. Number 8, December 9th, Army, Navy. Number 7, September 16th, Pittsburgh at West Virginia. Number six, September 9th, Nebraska at Colorado. Number five, September 9th. Hey, you get the trend, September 9th. Yeah. Texas A&M at Miami. Number four on September the 2nd, North Carolina, South Carolina. Number three, September 9th, Texas at Alabama. Number two, September 23rd, Ohio State at Notre Dame. And September the 3rd, Opening weekend, end of the opening weekend. Florida State and LSU. All right, so my first takeaway here, and and I think Brooks has found a couple of missions that he would put in the top 10, so we'll go through those in a second. My first thing here is that if this is really the top 10 games, it is viciously concerning to me that Mm -hmm. Ole Miss and Tulane is ranked as the number 10 uh, non-conference game of the year. And I would go as high to say it's very concerning to me that Nebraska and Colorado is number six. Yeah. I understand that they're kind of going at it from the Deion, Deion Sanders effect. point of view. Absolutely. But Colorado was awful last year. And Nebraska was, you know what, awful, awful. last year. Yeah. Both. Of, I know those programs have some history. But, oh, my goodness no. gracious, that's yeah. just not a good football matchup, uh-huh. at least not yet. No, sir. So... On the surface, I'm just kind of concerned that that's what we're working with in the back end of the top ten for non-con games. Now,
2: Right. Well, because well, who's Nebraska? Nebraska got a new head coach as well, right? Is
1: it, It's not Matt, Matt Rule, right? Matt, yeah, it's okay. Matt Rule, yeah. So... I mean, like, okay, maybe in two or three years, two, if those right. programs have – Two new head coaches, let's go. If those programs game plans go well, yeah, sure. I mean, again, those teams have history. It's not that ancient. It was like '90s history, right. so I mean, it's not too far gone. But Still nevertheless, years, the, yeah. the, the, those teams last year were not good at the sport of football. Absolutely. And you're saying this is the number six uh, Doncon game? Play. You know that yeah, that is b- somewhat concerning. Now, Colorado won what one game? Three games uh, doesn't matter amount of games yeah. is what they want. <laughs> right. It was not good. And Damasco um, also very not good. Yes, uh, the fiasco of Scott Frost continued until <laughs> uh, what was it? Week three they fired him. Right, oh, was they very, did fire him that fast. Didn't it, it, they? Was yeah, it was well, very early. Well, I mean, it, it had been four or five right. years. It had been. You're right. It had been clearly they had exhausted the amount of time. Um and the, just no the progress. Brooks never is got later. better. Right. Brooks is viciously riding here. I've just used twice now. I'm on a mission. On a mission. Um, he wants me to hang on there. Well, I'll keep going. Uh Cam, did you have any qualms with top three? Would you reorder Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and L S U, Florida? State? So
2: I know that the Florida State and LSU games. Game last year was pretty good. I think it ended on a block f- field goal, if yeah, I remember correctly. Block, right. block, yeah, or block yeah. extra points. Something they had like a that.
1: crazy touchdown yeah, that would have tied it. And right. Then they, yeah.
2: Um, so that was a good game. I understand it. And and FSU ended up um, being pretty decent. And LSU, LSU ended, up, and, being good. LSU ended yeah. up being good and, and uh, getting to the SEC championship. But I still think that that. That um, that Alabama and Texas game um, is is going to be a better game. Honestly, uh, I'm not sure what to expect from Texas. You know, not, I I think obviously I think Quinn Quinn is going to be the starter. Yes, um, he will. And and so uh, I don't know what the rest of that team is looking like. They don't have they they lost both of their running backs to the draft um, in Bijan and and um, Rashawn uh, Rosh- I think. Um, and both of those guys got drafted, um, and so but I still I still think that that's going to be the better matchup um, and the m- more entertaining one. Uh, I would probably move uh, Florida State and LSU to two, and then move Ohio State and Notre Dame to three, um, because I don't even know who who, who Notre Dame has at quarterback. I don't know, and you know obviously Ohio State's going to
1: be Ohio State. Oh, oh no, it was the guy that defrom Bob. Buckner Buckner the the kid that Bue- Buckner started right. at Notre Dame first three games. They had like three and quarterbacks
2: last year, right? I think they
1: played a bunch
2: they played three three different guys, two different guys because obviously one of them is now at Bama. Um and you know, that's still a question mark, but I think
1: I don't know. We'll, we'll just. Oh have no! To see. It was a transfer. What are we doing? It's Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. Yeah, I get, it was, Okay, it was not I, the I was, guy was, that was from Lester, Wake Sam Forest. Hartman,
2: okay, that's. I, I Who is damn why. good? Right? Who yeah. is good? Who is very good? Um, and I, I enjoyed watching him at Wake Forest. Uh, he's a cool dude. Um, uh, so so, I still think I have the just switching up. Move Bama Bama Texas to one. LSU Florida State to two. Um, Notre Dame and Ohio State to three, so that's kind of where I'd switch it up.
1: Yeah, you know, it, I think those three are all going to be very fun games. I, mean, I, I obviously agree. the background to the Alabama Texas was while it was at Texas last year, it was an incredibly close game. I mean, yeah. Alabama was on the ropes. Right. Um, they hit the the game winning field goal I, late.
2: I just if Quinn Ewers doesn't get knocked out, I I still think Texas wins. Yeah,
1: they, they might have. They very well might have. He was he was very good in that game. Now he still had some some less than impressive games For once sure. he came back from injury yeah, yeah. which cloudies it a little bit but uh, I still think overall he's a quality quarterback and I agree. and that's why is going to sit there at least to start the year um, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with top 3 I think maybe the, the he, here's the the thing that could make Alabama Texas number 1 instead of number 3 is if Alabama really does have the quarterback issues that they seem to be yeah. having uh, right. in the sp- or seem to have had in the spring, because if they don't have a great quarterback, then the fact that it's an Alabama home game might. You know, it, or let me say it the other way: the fact that it, it's an Alabama home game would then counteract the fact that. Um, the quarterback situation might not be the best. Like if Alabama has a good quarterback situation and they're at home, I absolutely think Alabama is not having problems in that game. I think they win that game by two scores. Yeah, But the fact that they are unsettled at quarterback and there's no really way to be settled by week two when you're not playing a big game week one would make me believe that that does have the opportunity to be close. Um, I'm looking for in terms of Because I'm looking for in terms of close games, because in terms of impact, these are all three pick them. Because Texas is going to be ranked high, whether they should be or not. Alabama is going to be really good, period. Even without quarterback play, there's still baseline of of good that Alabama can be. Right. Um, In the other one, Notre Dame's going to be ranked really high. They probably will. Because Sam Hartman and Ohio State's going to be ranked really high. But again, moving off from CJ Stroud, they always replace, but nevertheless, Stroud was one of the better ones they've had. Sure. Uh, but still two highly rated programs. And then Florida State and LSU is probably their pick because of the, the power rankings. Like if you sure. were to power rank these programs, regardless on how they actually have a year next year or, or anything like that, Florida State and LSU have had positive momentum sure. really throughout Florida, the offseason. Yeah, through Florida, the end of Florida last State. year, through the offseason.
2: Definitely Florida State um, has. Has a really good quarterback. Yes,
1: um, uh, and in uh,
2: LSU's Jaden Daniels. Yes,
1: Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis, would be the yep. Florida State quarterback. So, I I don't have a inherent problem. I think obviously brand wise, uh, Alabama and Texas and the Notre Dame Ohio State would be over LSU and Florida State, right? Um, but, um, I think they're going kind of off a of momentum there now. Brooks has been toiling away. Are you done toiling? Can are, yeah. do you want me to bring you in here? No, okay, I'm, I'm in. All, all right, right. He's ready. So, complete so, thought. Brooks so what
3: been. I wanted. So first Throwing off, not a great uh, non-conference slate this year. I agree. Um, just in general, I, w- I was looking through it. There's just not a lot. I, I do. I do agree with. Uh, I do agree with the top three. I'd probably move Alabama, Texas above Ohio State, Notre Dame. Okay. I would probably keep LSU, Florida State right there at a at at one, just because. Of you know what the two programs are are mo- the two programs seem to be moving up and it, it could be a really important game when it comes to playoff time, um, but I, I do like those top three. Now what I did here is I went through first where did I get to uh, eight weeks of the year because at that point you're in the heart of conference play. Yeah. There's not a, the only non-conference games you're going to get is whoever Notre Dame's playing and. Um,
1: and rivalry games and maybe a random like hey we've got to play New Mexico State we put them late this <laughs> right, right so
3: I didn't put any Notre Dame game on here because when they play an ACC opponent it's basically like a uh, conference game anyway right and then any other teams that they play is either some uh, not a big game you know they're playing I think they're open up with Tennessee State this year awesome. so not a not a yeah. big big game or no no they open up with Navy their first okay. home game is Tennessee State and then they the other non comp the other Games they play are the big like USC. They play USC every single year. They play you know they play some of these big teams every single. It's kind year. Kind
1: of scheduled rivalries, yeah.
3: Yeah. So here and and I want to I want to see if y'all would put any of these teams any of these games in that top ten over any of the games okay. that they have in here. So week one, yep, omitted was the return trip. We know Utah visited Florida last year. This year, Florida heads to Rice Eccles Stadium versus Utah.
1: That's more pal- so. so let's... Me- Go ahead, go ahead. Go Let ahead. me one dis be cheating and disqualify Army and Navy because they play every yeah. year. I don't. It's think a rivalry. That, yeah, it's yeah, a rivalry. It they shouldn't be in the top ten. If you include I'm them, sure. then you got to start putting the, all, yeah, the all the ACC and ones, SEC rivals for sure. In there. Um, and like Clemson South Carolina is gonna be something I look forward to this year. Now that yeah. South Carolina got off the snide and Clemson's teetering a little bit, um, so I'm taking Army Navy out. So I technically have a spot available. And then also, I want to re rank the fact that I would not put Nebraska, Colorado, even above Ole Miss, Tulane. The reason is Tulane obviously recall they had the special year last year they beat USC in a New Year Six Bowl. Oh, true. So that gives you the more relevance with Tulane. And then Ole Miss, I would watch Lane Kiffin's offenses every week because you just never know how many points can be scored. So true. that's my new eight. Nebraska, Colorado is my nine. I have a vacant ten. I am putting TC or not TCU. I'm 40. putting Utah and Florida above any of those though i'm moving them to at least uh what up eight okay. so i am still got old miss tulane in there and i've still got nebraska colorado but that's 10 and 9
2: yeah uh i mean florida has you know question marks at florida uh, at, at quarterback i'm pretty sure um, and then I do know Utah has Cam Rising coming back, correct? I think so. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting because obviously Cam Rising is a uh, he's he's going to be a draft prospect, um, and and it'll be uh, he he's a pretty solid quarterback. Um, could be a potential first second second round draft pick. Um, and then uh, I, I just again I don't really know what Florida's program is is like at this point in this state. Um, You know Losing Obviously I think a lot of us Expected Richardson To come back And then He just gained So much momentum Into the draft That um, There was just No shot that he was Going to come back So uh, That'll be interesting um, To see I don't know If I I I think I would Put that at 10 As of right now um. Maybe if you name a few more that that might change.
3: That, I mean, I've I've got a. Uh, i have got ai know you. Guys yeah, we'll see. have to go a
1: little quicker because we only have about I six minutes. I left. see you've got a whole list over yeah. there. So. All
3: right. Yeah, so the, the next going. one I found was Virginia visits Tennessee. Eh. Uh, mm,
1: I, I. mean, maybe it's SEC. But I'm more interested in that than Colorado, and Nebraska. Okay.
3: So you would at least put it in above that team that game.
1: Yeah, I'm just not interested in Nebraska at all. I, no, there's some, yeah, I some have some sort I have of low, level of interest in Colorado because, yeah, but I just right. I don't care I about Nebraska this thing. year. Um, yeah. so
3: so let me, you know, don't care about Colorado, or Nebraska. Maybe this Colorado game will care. you'll okay. care more about o- Colorado opens against the team that made the College Football Playoff National DC. Championship, yes. TCU.
2: Yeah, I am. I one. am interested in that one. I would have that preferred can... that they put that one instead of the Nebraska
1: game. Absolutely. Do I care more about that than Oregon, Texas Tech? No, Pro- uh, no. I, yes, the, uh, I care more about it than Oregon-Texas Tech. I, I don't because of Oregon will have a chance to be in the playoffs. For year. sure.
2: Yeah, I
3: mean, I, I, uh, and I is Oregon included in anything else that you have? From uh, No. No. Uh, I don't have any other marquee. Outcomes. And
1: see, I just don't know if TCU be that again. That's what That's I don't fair. know about. It's close. I don't know. Go ahead. Do All another right.
3: one. Um, West Virginia, Pitt, uh, Penn State. West Virginia, Penn
1: State. Um, no, not interested. Okay. I can I take like a quarter of a share of that? Like, can I buy like a, <laughs> take the
3: first
2: quarter just, share
1: just just to say I own a little stock in case <laughs> one of those teams ends up making a surprise sure. run. I Penn State still. I don't know what puts them over Michigan, Ohio State yet this year. That's my problem. You can always talk me into nine or ten wins with Franklin, but you can't talk me into any any championship. Right. And then West Virginia, they still continued on with Neil Brown, didn't they? Yeah. See, I just lost my share. There <laughs> yeah. it went. Yeah. It just flew I just, out the window. I have no Someone interest. Someone else will pick it up on the side of the road. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> oh, look. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One <another> man's trash, another man's <laughs> treasure.
3: Luke Fickle takes Wisconsin to take on Washington State.
1: Wisconsin, uh, Washington State. Uh, no, no because I don't know what Washington state is going to be either Luke fickle Wisconsin intrigues me I'm not sure. sure I I'm not sure it's the it's the upward move he thinks it is because Cincinnati now going to be in the big 12. Uh, so you know Wisconsin is a little better program but and he knows that area so I, maybe it is a little uh, it's a little bit of a step I'm just saying I don't think it is a big step I it's probably not what I would have left. From I mean, when I'm considering, I took Cincinnati the first ever group of five team in a playoff. I'm not sure that it's the large step that no. it would have been five years ago. Right.
3: Uh, Utah also has a non-conference game. It's Baylor.
1: Good for that Utah. Could be, yeah. Good for Utah, given a couple runs uh, in the bless you, uh, bros. You've you. been working hard over there. Um, <laughs> I you know I'll, I'll I'm still, interested in that one. Much yeah, I mean Baylor. Yeah. Baylor's a good Baylor's program. Better, yeah. With Dave Aranda there now, uh, you know I'm going to take that over Utah, Florida for sure. Right, Florida would just be like it. I'm being SEC. blindly biased yeah, to the SEC, SEC but Florida yeah. might stink. This right, year. They might Florida might not really be any bad. good at all. Exactly. So, Utah, Baylor could be a nationally relevant game. I, I'll t- I'll take that one. I might put that one um, entice me to put that in over. Yeah, A and M, Miami. I'd put that over. A and M Miami are names, but yeah. that will be important to someone's job security, but right. it's not nationally important. Uh, so I'll take that fifth, go all the way up to five on that.
3: Uh, you mentioned Cincinnati; they've got a non-conference game against Pittsburgh.
1: Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. Okay, this is a Big Twelve. Big, uh, excuse me, Big Twelve ACC. I'm a sweat picky for Pittsburgh. Uh, that's so two thousand. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, mm, probably not over no, some of yeah, the, I mean, me again, over some of these 247 games, like, would I, what do I want that over uh, Ole Miss Tulane? Maybe, maybe, but no, I not, not top 10 for sure. And again, Ole Miss Tulane is debatable. Again, I like Kiffin's offense, so
3: I'll, I'll probably even take that. Uh, I'm, I'm just cherry picking at this point because there's some games that have got I wrote two down more here. minutes.
1: You cherry pick
3: away. Uh, BYU visit, takes on Arkansas.
1: I care huh. about that regionally. Yeah, yeah. Because Arkansas needs to have a good year this Very year. Yeah, and I Pittman's. and I like Sam Pittman. I Want Pittman to see BYU's now. But you have to look at these schools differently. You can't look at and, and I know. Look, I don't want to be hypocritical here. You you have to look at them as power five schools for the sake of these matchups. Yeah. Now they are allowed a year or two to try and figure it out, especially in a Big Twelve that still has Oklahoma and Texas because that's not the true conference they'll operate under in two years. But you do have to try. I mean, this is a Power Five non-conference matchup now. It is. Um, So I do have some interest in it. Do I care about that more than Ole Miss Tulane? I think it's the same level. Again, Tulane's success last year dictates that you, on some level, have like 8% of care. So I'll take half a stock in that game.
3: Um, (laughs) Just arbitrary numbers here. Let me see where else we can go. Uh, Minnesota takes on North Carolina this year. Um, so
1: nationally, should you care? No, but that's the Brooks and Ryan yeah, tertiary I say, bowl. <laughs> Personally, That's, that's uh, Brooks likes P.J. Fleck, and then I've that's been a, a Carolina in. fan since uh, since I could breathe. So, um, <laughs> yes, I care. Carolina's also got South Carolina this year, so they're going to have an interesting time of it in the non-con, and uh, they'll need to win a game like that if they want to have a decent season. Uh, Drake May. Drake May's Drake worth the May. price of mission.
3: And then sure. uh, we're getting low on time, so I'll give you one more. Yeah, one more. Uh, Washington takes on Michigan State.
1: All right, that one could be interesting. So Mel Tucker still makes money for Michigan State. Yeah, big uh, money, a lot. <laughs> big money, a lot. <laughs> big um, money. They need to have a solid season yeah. so that they don't have complete buyer's remorse. Washington's a program that got to be fun with Chris Peterson for five or six years there. Uh, I think yeah. people sort of realize that – there's uh, there's some some worthy players up in the great northwest there uh, to yeah. recruit in the Seattle area and Washington took advantage of that and kind of uh, was top of the Pac-12 for a couple of cycles there. Uh, is Jimmy Lake still at Washington? No, he got fired, no, he got fired two years ago.
3: Uh, Who even is at Washington, Washington now? Football.
1: Uh, but. Penix should should
2: be
3: worth it. Penix is still there. Yeah, Penix um, should be worth it is it. Kalen DeBoer, the former um, okay. Fresno but State coach. It's more
1: about Penix then. I don't. Yeah. Re- no offense to him. Uh, that's the Michael Penix versus Mel Tucker a defensive guy. Give me some defense, game. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's saw too. What was 247 doing with this list? I don't know. One of these games might have fell out of the top 20. Yeah. Especially if you'd kept going there, Brooks. Unfortunately, you're out of time.
3: Yeah. By the way, uh, just a reminder Washington State did go 11, or Washington did go 11 and 2 last year. Yeah, I I was the saying, so they were student.
1: good. Because uh, uh, Penix got on a run there. He almost yep. got in Heisman uh, consideration at the, he at the very threw end. threw the
2: most yards in college football, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did kind of get
1: in Heisman consideration yeah. there. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to rebuild it like Chris Pearson. But my thought more in Washington football is that it's Penix this year and then we'll figure out what they are the next year uh, once he moves on. I feel like Penix is kind of running the ship. And also I want to point out that Penix led Indiana to great things for a year and then the second year was viciously disappointing. That's like the fourth time i used viciously there. So we're out of time for our number two. Stay tuned. A lot more sports call after this timeout. Hour number three, starting right now, of Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoie, Brooks Childress, Cam Barry, with you here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Uh, looking forward to – a lot of you will have long weekends. We'll have a kind of a shorter Monday. abbreviated long weekend. Yeah, we'll have a, a lesser of a day on Monday, but we will still bring you Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show this coming Monday for Memorial Day. Uh, here in hour number three, uh, we will have a what to watch for over the weekend, which we'll hit on a couple different things. That's coming up in a little bit. But uh, had a fun hour number two, talking, kind of looking forward a little bit to this fall, some a lot of the of non-conference matchups. I'm sure we'll kind of go down that road again at some point with some of the non-con games, maybe in a more Got uh, organized manner. I just so want to.
3: State that I'm interested in every single one of those college. a football, football guys. Guy. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, big football guy. Yeah, and you, I, college football, totally guy under, specific. Yeah, totally totally the vast majority
1: of those, I, I too, am interested in. I again, not, not wanting. We simply um, we're ranking them. Cam's uh, like, yeah. Eh. few of those, eh. yeah, yeah. Um, but we will have a lot more of that kind of talk throughout this summer. Um, I want to turn our attention to something relevant that we've in the baseball world that we've uh, talked about a few times. Brooks is not dreading this conversation it. from this point of view. He's com- he's dreading this because it involves Rob Manford. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we followed this Oakland A's story a lot. Relocation and all that fascinates me because um, you grow up, and, and maybe it's just because I'm this is my point of view since we're all a bit younger here, but you grow up kind of thinking that this is just the way that it is. Yeah. You know, you grow up thinking that we're in these divisions and you're in these cities and you are what you are and it's just going to be that way because professional sports and this, that, and the other thing. And then you kind of get a little older and you realize these teams have been around for much longer than you realize. <laughs> right. They've already changed names a couple times and they've already maybe changed locations a couple times too. And then you think, man, that was just something that used to happen a lot, <laughs> you know? And so then you get even a little bit older where we are now and you realize that teams still can move if they want to. Now, maybe we figured out as a society to some degree what markets and what cities are best for what sports, but in this ever-changing and ever-growing sports landscape, there are places that still grow with the times, become more attractive or less attractive in some forms and fashions that teams still need to move or want to move from. And we've seen that in recent years in the positive towards a city like Las Vegas. And we've seen it in recent years to a negative in the form of Oakland. Yeah, it's bad. In fact, for this could be the second exchange of franchises going directly from Oakland to Las Vegas. It, of course, started with the Raiders a few years ago. That's something that Mark Davis had always had his eye on. I right. think we clearly could see that he had been... Posturing and positioning to find a way to get the brand elevated, whatever that would mean. Oakland did look to some degree to their city to try to yeah. get another stadium, but, but it's sad too because
2: those those Raider fans are are really locked in. Those yes. like the Oakland Raiders, like it's kind of different for the A's. I feel like when we're talking about it, but those Raiders fans were really passionate. That's a, fa- a passionate yeah. fan
1: base, and so obviously Oakland, although they did not lose in totality, the Warriors. They did lose them to the other side of the bay, (laughs) which people people there will tell you is a very big deal. Maybe for us on the outside, that would not be as big of a deal. It's like, oh, well, now it's a 45-minute drive instead of 15. But to them, that is a very big deal to lose them across the other side of the bay.
2: I mean, you can even tell the difference in in terms of... Of the fans, yes. right? I mean, like, like even yes. you said it. I know you watch the Warriors a lot. Of Warriors, a yes. uh, fan, and um, I, feel, I felt like even the players tell the difference yes. in how the the atmosphere is in in. Um, in where there, I guess they're the Chase in Center yeah, now. Chase was Center, Oracle right, I and mean, was what was Oakland. Oracle right in, in Oakland? So I, I do, I totally feel like I can. tell You can
1: tell yeah. it's a big deal. The clientele right. is a little different. Oh my gosh, they're they're much more posh. Yeah, <laughs> and and so uh, the the last step in this, um, just this uh, migration out of Oakland, is the A's. Now the A's. I've read so much on this, and this is why we're bringing it back up. Because we did have a conversation. If you're tuning in and you tune us tune in to us every day, or uh, listen after fact in the podcast, you've heard a form of this conversation had on this show before with with other cities. We kind of posed it more of what city should right. get teams, but right. I'm posing it more from this angle, and it is the Rob Manfred angle, which Brooks so detests. Oh. <laughs> should this owner for Oakland, who has been Kind of heralded as, again, not doing this in good faith. You know, we've seen that a couple of times in the NFL with Stan Kroenke. You know, making no, making up excuses basically to leave uh, St. Louis, and we've right. also seen it with Dean Spanos, uh, who moved the Chargers out of San Diego, also, and, just and, and, and added on to what Kroenke had going also just in an L.A. awful yep. move. But John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland Athletics, has made no effort to pay for a half-respectable team, of which they clearly would have had, asked the Atlanta Braves, absolutely, who, who now sport a, two ooh, of the A's yeah. prize possessions yep. from recent years. They have the lowest payroll in the league. It's around $53, $54, 52000000 million. Why, I'm not going to say why, because I know why financially, and I know Manfred's angle, but is there anything that they should do to try to empower either the city of Oakland to come up with this or is this just an untenable situation? Is there just absolutely nothing that can be done? And in this case, Fisher and company have succeeded and they just there's no reason to keep them out of, out of Vegas. Is there anything that should be done differently here from MLB's point of view to try to make sure that all avenues have been exhausted
2: yeah i i mean they've probably been trying for what probably like a, a 2 3 years to just kind of you know get a new stadium in oakland get something uh, of of just new in oakland the team i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever known a good ace team i don't think they made a
5: couple they made a of few times. when uh 2018
1: or 19 re- okay 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 so they're was, not, was, so they was, haven't uh, been sunny absolutely. gray still in oakland at that time uh, broke students quick read. Okay. So, okay so so the they've so they they, they
3: haven't been awful for too too long um but they they made the wild card in 2019. Okay, they won the West in uh, 2020, which okay. was the weird short year. Short year, yeah. but That's still. So I right. mean, not but, long right. ago. Not long but, ago. Yeah, yeah. 20, okay. 2019 okay. they made the wild card. 2018 made the wild card. Because Olsen
1: was on those teams. Gosh. So then Marcus
3: Simeon. Yeah. That so, time. At, so at the same time, they kind of do have a have
2: a they have a case, I guess. If you're if you're the A's, you're you're they like have
3: nine well, World Series titles. You're
2: like, hey, we we we've gotten some progress even though the payroll is low we've we've kind of done it with our homegrown guys um you know maybe they should be willing to pay for more uh more prospects and you know that's left to be desired but players aren't going to want to go there if the facilities are bad so that's so that's understandable um and with just yeah that that's rough i just uh I just think there isn't. I just don't think there's a way for it to be saved at this point.
1: I I don't. Now, I will say, you know, the free agency angle is one thing because it would be hard to convince someone to come in. But I think what the deal here is, and you wonder how much is which is the cause and which is the effect, Um, because obviously one side would argue this and the other would argue that. Uh, but the attendance obviously has been very poor there uh, the last few years. Very. Yeah, I was watching uh, and, Outside
2: the Lines earlier today, actually. Right. They were running a whole story on it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it's a blazing topic. It is. It's all anyone's talking about Major League Baseball, it feels like, right now. And, um, you know, there's that aspect of, okay, well, if, if you don't have a bunch of butts in the seats, you're not going to make a lot of money. You can't afford the payroll. However, the reason people are there is not that different from why fans don't go to the Marlins games, and that is – Every time the team experience. gets decent, yeah. every time you get a string of good players, you can't, you don't pay the money to retain them. You then trade them and sell them. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point? I'm going to get attached right. to in this case Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon, Sean Murphy, whoever, Sonny Gray, and I'm going to ship them away before I even have time to get my jersey worn in. Right. You know, and that's why they they started abandoning. I know Miami's kind of a weird sports. Mecca, or not Mecca, Weird Sports City anyway, <laughs> right. uh, but that's kind of what went on with Marlins. They would build it up, they'd have all these great players, they won a couple World Series, they'd tear it down. they build it back up, a lot of young players, tear it down. And so you can't trust your, you can't ownership, trust your ownership to pay yeah. any money the second you get good. And so that's why, to me, it's so, just as much yeah. on the owner, because... In the business world, the overused but still pretty true adage is you got to spend money, money to make, make money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you spend money first, then people realize when the investment has been put in, then they are attracted to it. Right. This is absolutely a, a reward of for for being cheap,
2: right? And you're you're the move to Vegas it, <sighs> It's going to make the owners money. Obviously, we know that, and, and this the money is supposed to be like publicly, it's like some of the stadiums supposed to be publicly funded. Uh, I think the A's want about like four hundred million of it to be publicly funded uh, through the city of Vegas. Um, so I, I just I I think it's a reward for being cheap, um, and I wonder if even if they go to Vegas, if that mentality is going to change, right? If they're going to be willing yeah, to, that's the other edge of this. To, too. If they're going to be willing to even. Continue to, to invest in their players, whatever young players they do have, uh, willing to go out and get free agents. Um, they get this whole nice new stadium, but once you get the nice new stadium, are you going to invest in the team? Are you going to put in the money necessary to build a championship, rebuild really, a championship um, uh program really i i just i really think I, I and that's really a big question mark because obviously the owners haven't been willing to work with the city of oakland oakland hasn't been really to willing to work with the a's it's kind of been just a stalemate at that point they they don't want to give up the money um the a's feel like they are at least owed a little something to help breed to help build this new facility. Um, and, and I mean, they've got one of the worst, if not the worst ballpark in, in the MLB, right. Maybe behind what, maybe the, the rays, you know, the, yeah, just, it, those, another two, team right, that's and, flirting with relocation. Right. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. I, I just wonder if they're going to change their habits uh, just because of their, in, just because they're in a new location or, or what it, it's definitely something that is, is going to be thought about and questioned.
1: Brooks, your complete thoughts on That's, just absolutely everything in
3: this what, what you just brought up, Kim, is exactly what I wanted to bring up. Because since yeah. – I, I looked, I'm, I was looking at it. Since the year 2000, we're going to go to the turn of the century. Since Heck the year oh, 2000, go. they have made – the A's have made 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 playoffs. 11 playoffs in 23 years. That's not right. bad. That's not and, awful. No. Oh, you know, you had the run from 2000 to 2003 where you made the playoffs every year. And so you, you're you thinking about that. The the fans, uh, you know, I can't say for sure because I wasn't paying attention to the Oakland Athletics, but the fans were showing up for those games more than likely. Oh, yeah. That, that was that, the
1: Zito-Hudson-Mulder
3: yeah. trio. And you're, I, you're, I
2: mean, it seems like the A's have a very passionate fan base. It's just that their experience out there in Oakland just is not good.
3: But you, and but the team's not good. My, so the fans showing up for playoff runs and play you know in, in for, for the teams that are you know, making the playoffs – well, you're still, as an owner and as a, as a franchise, subscribed to the I'm not going to pay money for right. players. We're just going to grow our own talent. And when they get good enough, we're going to sell them off. And My question is, when you move to Vegas and you get this shiny new stadium, right? what happens when your mentality doesn't change? What happens for Rob Manfred? When I, and when he looks at this, Ooh. unless he's got an under the hand table, you know, shake deal with the <laughs> with the owners, like, hey, actually, we're you're you know, we're you gonna let you move to Vegas, but you got to start yeah. spending money to be competitive. Right. And then they're like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But what happens? You move to Vegas, you get this brand new stadium. Yeah, it it's it's probably gonna bring in some you know oh, yeah. a lot of money for the first couple of years. Definitely. But when the owner's still not willing to spend money on players, and you know, five years down the road, ten years down the road. You're right back in the same. Cool. You have got this right. great new stadium, but you still got five right, thousand fans coming walking into the stadium every <laughs> single night. Right. And at that point, you're
2: probably losing money, yeah. right? If you're if you're uh, if you're if you're the owners, so and, or, or investors. However, that works out, uh, and probably the city of Vegas wouldn't be too happy either.
3: So I want to know what what is going to change. I want to know what what yeah. the what the ownership is going to do to change how they're running. It. And if they and if they say, yeah, we are going to spend money. Well, that's still not fair to the city of Oakland yeah. that you are moving and you're like, oh, no, right now, you know, all now of a we're going to spend right money. Now all no, of a sudden you're willing to it's, spend. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not fair to the city of Oakland, and it, it's not fair to the fans of the Oakland Athletics because, you know, they've been in Oakland since 1968 is when they you know, they moved to the Open. They were in Philadelphia, moved to Kansas City, and now they're in Oakland. Um, so this would be the fourth move in franchise history. Or fourth different iteration of the athletics and franchise history. Right. And so it's – it's it, it wouldn't – you know, I, 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 I don't like I'm, – I'm, I don't like teams moving. Right. If you have a good enough reason, okay. okay right. The, the Rams – I'm still not a, a fan of the Rams move because that was just Stan Kroenke wanted to move his, his play thing, the Rams, to L.A., And uh, St. Louis probably still, you know, deserve they've shown up for their XFL team. I agree. And so they still they deserve a a pro football franchise. But the 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 Athletics, if if you there's there's so many different things that that if you move the team and you start spending money, then that's not fair to the to the fans that you've been been with for almost you know what fifty years now. Right. Then yeah, you've you've established a fan base there. Right. And and if you do move, and you don't start spending money, well, you're going to end up right in the same situation, just with a shiny new ballpark. Yeah, you're going to be having five to six thousand fans in the, in your stadium per game, and you're still going to be selling your players at at moments notice, and you're not going to be winning anything.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got to be that they're they've got to be willing to spend money once they get to this new stadium, right? I do feel bad for just I feel bad for Oakland, you know, fans in general, and I still I do wonder. How much of this is on on the city and how how they're willing to spend? I don't know because the kind of, it's kind of the same situation with the Raiders though because their sta- their stadium wasn't great you know their facilities weren't great or, or top of the line and oh and I mean it were, was
1: the same facility
2: right, right. remember they played oh, in the right. Oklahoma right. exactly yeah there's my point right there they were sharing of. of a football stadium with a baseball stadium, which so, is
1: an archaic but, yeah, idea. Yeah,
2: very <laughs> archaic. So at the same time, you know, we can't we can't rule out that the city is not at all at fault here. Right. No, um, I'm sure they play a role. Right. But-, but at the same time, it just seems like these owners out in Oakland aren't putting in were willing to put in their 110% effort. They're just like, oh, well, we'll just up and move. And and it's. I remember the mayor of Oakland saying something about the A's and the owner and how the owner just isn't willing to budge on these certain things and, um, you know, making it almost impossible for it to even become possible for um, Oakland to build a new stadium to uh, keep the A's in the city. So, it's a lot of give and take, and, and I, I, it's just unfortunate. I just hate because the biggest loser is the fans in this in this aspect, um, for the for the Raider or excuse me for the A's um, or just Oakland fans in general. Um, I mean, even with the Warriors as well. Just overall, it seems like they're I mean, they've lost all of their franchises now, and so that's just major revenue for the city in general. And so that's just a big loss. And I, I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of a, a they're moving to Vegas, and it's the rich getting richer. And, and in terms of just, I mean, Las Vegas is obviously a very profitable city because they they profit off gambling and different things like that. Uh, they they add the Raiders. They have the Aces. Now they have they're they're about to get the A's at this point. Uh, so it, it's just uh, it it's just sad and it, it's a bummer.
3: And let me just say, I'm not against Vegas getting a baseball team. No, the more no, baseball expand, is. I love baseball. Yeah, so more baseball. yeah. Do, but do what the NHL did is stick a new franchise there. Yeah. Vegas did not – Vegas Golden Knights didn't get moved from anywhere else. And that, that's still the Had issue I have. I, I do trash. have an issue with the, with the NHL because they, they took the Atlanta Thrashers away and moved them to Canada. <laughs> that's <laughs> but a different might, story.
2: But, might be getting the Thrashers back, though. We'll see. But Atlanta might
3: be if, if you're going to expand, if you want a team in Vegas, get a new one.
1: Yeah. Expand. Uh, yeah. I, right. I, I Ryan disagree.
3: Ryan's been doing research. Over there will
1: here. be there will be two new franchises at some point. Um, the thing is, is there are several cities that look interested, uh, from Las Vegas to Portland to Nashville to Charlotte, uh, and not everyone's going to be able to get one here unless multiple teams move. Uh, I was clicking through the attendance reports of Oakland. Um, oh no! So, and anyone can get can do this. It's on ESPN.com. You have, have go have a field day. I was looking at. <laughs> the early 2000s when yeah. they were a playoff team. You know, they were 19th in attendance most of those years. They were averaging 22, 24, 25,000 I'm going to tell you, so,
3: there was no for, uh, expansion, so it's, it's the same right. number of teams that you had then. So, as today. you
1: know, better than a third of the league. Again, not amazing attendance, but certainly not anything bad. No, nothing yeah. that would warrant concern. Um, they then fell to 28th, 29th frequently in the early 2010s. Now, what's interesting is, and I, I would need to look at the top numbers too, and I, 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 this was not the point of the exercise. What's interesting is attendance for the bottom of the league has shot way down, like the worst teams in the league. In the early 2000s and in the 20, early 2010s, we're averaging 17, 18, 19,000. Oh, here. okay, okay. Now it's like, frequently <laughs> either in the single-digit yeah. thousands or 11 yeah. to 12,000. Oh, so I don't know if that uh, if that is same dynamic happens in the middle or, or the top. But I tell you, attendance is, is way down amongst the, the bottom teams. So, for example, in 2010, Oakland was 29th. Cleveland was 30th, by the way. I don't know if you'd ever think of them being last. But Oakland still averaged 17,511. Not something that to be incredibly proud of, mm-hmm. but also not something oh, to not say terrible. relocation time. I even looked at 2019, because that's the last full relevant year yeah. we had. Oakland came back a little bit. They were 24th that year they averaged 20,500. Detroit, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Miami were all below them. A couple of those franchises I've never once thought of Baltimore as a bad baseball city. No. But they were 28th that year. So again, that shows you um, that there was room for Oakland to participate as recently as 2019 when they gave a damn. Right. So again, I told you in 2019 that was 20,521 to be exact. 2022, last year, Oakland and Miami were racing to the bottom. Miami averaged 11,203. Oakland last year averaged 9,975. Oof. So far this year, like they're in the four or it's, 5,000 It's Sorry. even worse. Well, the paid attendance so far has been 8,695. Yeah. So you've had single digit thousand here for the last couple of years with the knowledge of how things have progressed. But I also want to say again, if you in the early 2000s, you've got top 20. It recently, is 2019. You're able to get out of the cell or get the 24th. My point is you're doing this, and especially the 2019 number with a facility that's not current with the it's times not, at all. Not even close. But, and, and it's not just for the players and the coaches that it's not current. It's not current for the fans. No. Look at all these behemoths that are beautiful that they've built since then yeah, I mean, that Truist, are so fan-friendly. Right. It's Truist Park. Truist is yeah, a great battery. example of it. We don't have to go far at all. We don't have to be biased or anything like that. We can go right up the road to Atlanta, and that is a place that is prototypical of the new type of ballpark. It's a entertainment district. Yep, it's not just a ballpark. It is a yep. It is a wine and dine experience, it is a fun experience outside of just the ballpark. And so, you've got all these things to entice fans, and yet Oakland's got bathrooms that are <laughs> oh, gosh, flowing with uh, with sewage. I mean, you, you, you've place, got just, all these nasty things yeah. and and not updated things. Um, they've not care. They've not tried to put an effort in for a while. Is what I'm saying in yeah. Oakland, and so. Look, there are a lot of angles to look at with it, and hopefully we just covered most of them. The Las Vegas bit of it, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the renderings. um yeah, I did. I, I know Cam did, I guess, Very the renderings pretty. of the new ballpark. It, is, it looks like it's going to be a great it, ballpark. It does. You're going to kind of like walk up from the road. Yeah. Stairs that lead you up towards the ballpark. And, up, you walk in um, Vegas every, everywhere it, anyway. It is a smaller ballpark. It's only going to be around 30,000 seats, it looks like. Which, regardless of attendance, most places are in the high 30s to to low 50s, depending on where you fall on the spectrum. So uh, it will be aimed at a slightly smaller crowd to begin with. It also, too, if you look at the actual field itself, it reminds you a little bit of Oakland Coliseum, really large foul areas. Yeah. You also have, like, the second deck out in the outfields. Like, it kind of looks a little bit like they slapped 60% of Oakland Coliseum and moved it to Vegas. Yeah. Um, but, um, again, the, the whole deal there is, again, very unfortunate for the city of Oakland. Again, as Cam also pointed out, some of it's got to be on the city, too. I mean, uh, we've spent the last 25 minutes or so talking about the blame that ownership should, should hold, but obviously the city did not try and put in extra effort. They might have put the bare minimum effort out right. there um, because there is obviously a exodus out of there where they've lost their other teams, too. So on some some level, clearly the city of Oakland has a role in this, uh, but but uh, also there was, I don't know if there was good faith till the end here on the ownership side of things, and, and the spin part of it, too, I could have spent another 10 minutes on that, you know, will they automatically start spinning in Vegas? I would hope that they would, I would think, maybe that yeah. they would, uh, but they'll have to actually prove it to those people and those attendees at For some sure. point that they're going to be willing uh, to spin. We are out of time for this segment. We're getting low on time for the shows. we got to take a bit of a break here. On the other side, what to watch for over the weekend, also a nightly TV guide. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call Tiger ninety five point nine. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Barry, Brooks Childers with Yo. you here. This will serve kind of as our final segment, as uh, we're had a long talk there about the Oakland. Maybe one day the Las Vegas, Las Vegas A's, uh, and so we down to about eight or nine minutes left of talk time in the show. So, as promised, let's get to a what to watch for over the weekend. Sports calls what to watch for over the weekend. Uh, a couple topics here. First, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, we'll start with Brooks here, uh, the racing side of things. Big weekend in the sport. It's the Indianapolis five, well, I say the sport, but, yeah, I mean, in the sport auto racing and auto racing. Uh, the Indianapolis 500 on Sunday. The Coca-Cola 600 Sunday night, weather permitting. Yeah. But, uh, are you excited about this weekend of motorsports? Don't
3: forget the Monaco Grand Prix and the F1 series to get the day started on Sunday. That one's
1: always a huge one for F1, yeah.
3: So it's uh, it's a big racing weekend. One of those that uh, I think a lot of big racing fans uh, circle with the pen every year and are like, don't bother me this weekend. I'm parking myself on the couch and I'm just uh, just watching TV. I.e., could not get my brother to do anything with me this weekend.
1: Right. I, I knew I knew the background on that.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I begged him. I, I even I kept getting closer and closer to him. Like I was like, "Well, what if you come here? What if we? What if we go to here?" And it's just it it never never nothing nothing. He wouldn't do anything with me. So, but it, it's a big racing weekend. Um, yeah, I know you. We got some track activity today. You had uh, the the. Uh, truck Series qualified this afternoon up there. Xfinity qualified this afternoon. Um, we we'll, you know, there's there's some racing activity going on tonight that we'll have on our Rally TV guide coming up here in just a little bit. But yeah, big big weekend. It was Carb Day up at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, getting ready for the the Sunday race, and so one of the biggest racing weekends of the year uh, across all sports. And there's you know, obviously every racing uh, series has their big events, but it, it's it. This is the weekend you've got three premier events from three different uh from the top three series in yeah, the world. yeah the, that are, all happened on the same weekend and so mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty cool
1: yeah and i mean uh, it is the best complete racing weekend in the year um there might be one or two events that are bigger maybe a nascar and
3: I'm there's not a lot of, of breaks it, either like you get you wake up monaco that kind of leads you right up to indie indie coverage, and then yep. indie goes, and then that leads you right up until about Coca-Cola 600 coverage yeah. hits.
1: I always love the day. Um, I don't watch IndyCar Car too often, and I obviously, I'm sorry, I'm not one of those trendy people. I don't watch a lot of F1. Um, someone <laughs> just got mad at me out there, and that's yeah. okay. Um, yeah, me. But uh, <laughs> oh, come it. on! I don't watch. I was it, about to say I,
3: I follow it, but I don't. I don't get up early. Right, to I'm watch aware
1: it. of who is doing well and when, but. Um, but it's like soccer.
3: I follow it. I don't get up uh-huh. early enough to watch it.
1: But uh, I, I obviously watch a lot of NASCAR, and then I will watch the Indy 500 each year. Uh, it's just an entertaining form. I enjoy passing, and if you've listened to some NASCAR stances I've had in the last few weeks and months, then you understand why I'm upset with the current cup car, because the passing is becoming more difficult. I think passing is entertaining. I don't have to have everyone wreck. Some people are entertained by that. I just want, would like to not have uh, someone hold their position all day, and that's... I look, you know that that's why I enjoy those forms of racing more. But uh, so big weekend in auto racing, also sports calls
0: what to watch for over the weekend.
1: Big weekend as we try and solidify who will be in the NBA finals. Yeah. Eastern conference finals continuing tomorrow, and then I guess Monday night would be the if necessary game seven. Miami I and hope Boston. Not. How nervous should you be if you're a oh Heat my
2: fan? Gosh, if I'm a oh man. On a scale of one to ten, right now, if I if I'm a Heat fan, I would probably be at about a, a six, six or seven. Uh, actually, I'm gonna go seven. Really, I'm gonna go seven. By the end of it might be yeah, a nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because, man. You know, you're a three zero. Okay, lose game four at home. That's fine. Boston really should probably should have gotten one. But then you go back to Boston game five um no Gabe this no Gabe Vincent so you're no real you know facilitator out there you had Kyle Lowry and we saw we saw how that went um not very good um and uh yeah so it, 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 you, you should be pretty nervous if if you're a Heat fan right now but you have this game six you're back in Miami you will get Gabe Vincent back uh he will be your starting point guard uh it seems like his ankle will be fine overall um at least to get through this next game um, so, but, uh, if you lose this game six, you have to go back to Boston, uh, for that game seven, they have all the momentum at that point. Um, and that, that, that nervous meter is definitely an 11, 11, 12, like absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I power ranked it or I ranked it in the office earlier this week. I said, uh, you lose game four. It's a two out of 10. You lose game five, you're at a five out of 10. But I said, God. if you're at halftime, oh. losing game six, <laughs> I'm up to an eight. Oh. And then you lose game six at home, I'm a 10. Yeah. I'm an 11. Yeah. The thermostat's Absolutely. broke. Here I go. Uh, because you'd be in danger of blowing the first 3 <laughs> 0 lead in the playoffs ever. ever. Right. And we, we talked about that. It's 0 and 151. But I think it'll happen one day because. Sports can get so crazy. And records are meant and to be broken. They're made to be broken. But, again, the 16 deal. How many times did a 1 beat a 16 in the tournament? Because it's four times however many years right. – you Had a one sixteen matchup, and I don't right. remember how many, but 20, 30, we 40 said, years, whatever yeah. it was. If it was four times 30 years is 120 times, and then it happened, and, right. then, and, then, and then it happened again. Right. And so, because it's me, only happened like
2: three times, right? We've talked two, three times, maybe. The 16 twice
1: now. Twice now? now? now okay, that, uh, right, right, lost right, right. Purdue lost this year, but yeah, it, now it's happened twice, and so now I feel confident saying that's not going to be every year or every, right. every but other it's year. Not but it's going to happen every, I don't know, 10 years or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, and so with the NBA, I think it'll happen one day. Am I wanting to put large amounts of money on this being the one? I'm still not ready to do that. I would be if it, if they blow game six at right, home. Right. But, yeah, you got to be kind of nervous now um, that um, you've let the, the perceived better team back in, and, and they've got confidence, and they're shooting the ball well now. So, absolutely
2: something to uh, watch.
1: Game, game six is going to be very important. Uh, One more for you here before we get to our nightly TV guide.
0: Sports calls. What to watch for over the weekend.
1: To hockey in the Western Conference Finals. Dallas Stars got one in overtime last night. Could be something. Could be nothing. But that went from 3-0 to 3-1. Vegas still leads going back to the aforementioned City of Las Vegas. Uh, For Game 5, Brooks... Yeah. Uh, same barometer. You were just one game behind the NBA situation. How concerned should you be if you're a Las Vegas fan? Um,
3: I I think you're at a five right now.
1: Whoa, already? Five? <laughs> four. Four. <laughs> okay, four.
3: Because, you know, you're, hockey is such a sport where, you know, you could be better than a team, but if the puck doesn't bounce right off the ice, you may not score a goal.
1: Ask Boston uh, when yeah. they lost the 3-1
3: lead to Florida. And so the – um. So I think you're at a four because you're still it's still your setup. You only have to win one more game. Yep. All you got to do is win one. Two
1: of them are at home. And from you, here on yeah, out.
3: and so you 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 just have to win one more. They've got to win three more to get to that to to beat you. And so I, I think from from that standpoint, you're you know you're you're Vegas fan. You're like, all right, fine, you got one on us, whatever. Let let's get back. But you're still a little nervous because if, if the puck doesn't bounce your way on a certain night, it could be three two quickly. Could be three three, and then you're right there and you're sweating bullets, waiting waiting it out for the game seven. So, I, I think that Vegas should be all, all right. They've got enough talent on their their roster, but like you said, Boston was at a record breaking yeah, year
1: spot as the best team in the league by far. Yeah.
3: And then the team that beat she's now sitting ready for her Stanley Cup playoff.
1: Yeah, swept the Hurricanes. So, uh, you never know. I I think the one better thing for Las Vegas is when you lost that game four, you still had two opportunities at home. Unlike the Heat, who lost that home game four, therefore only now having one more right. opportunity at home. <clears throat> so, maybe that's a slight difference, although I'd also tell you that after watching the majority of this Stanley Cup playoffs, I'd tell you that home ice means next to nothing yep, and I don't bro, know yeah. really at, at all why you why you even, I mean, I know why you value it, but but uh, it is not meant meant too much for the results of, the, of these uh, these hockey playoffs. I uh, want to give a quick shout out before our Nightly TV Guide to our intern this semester tp hammock uh, who's uh, been in the studio earlier this week got the day off today he said uh, on twitter about an hour ago back to that conversation we were having an hour number two listening to sports call au on my day off i'd love miami versus texas a&m just because of job security and i'd rank ohio state versus notre dame number two over fsu versus L- uh versus lsu excuse me keep up the good uh work guys so uh, he's uh, he's into that Miami Texas A&M job security uh, headline, which is which is going to be tantalizing. I mean, we're absolutely going to talk about it when the when the time comes because uh, Miami is an impatient program that's had to go through a lot of head coaches the last twenty years, and Texas A&M has obviously been a story with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, all by by itself here the last couple of years. So uh, if you missed any of that talk about some of the big non-conference games to watch out for here in 2023, go back and check it out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Only a minute or two left in
0: this program, though, for the day and for the week. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
3: Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw. Hart Seltzer, Brooks, what have we got? Yeah, we got um, a movie pick for you tonight. The 630 on FX. Ryan Reynolds stars in Deadpool. If you're into some uh, violent superhero movies, movie. there's that one. Uh, sports on for you tonight. we got a lot coming at you uh, in all different aspects. We'll start off in the golf world, 6 o'clock on Golf Network. Bank of Hope LGBT, or LPGA match play from Las Vegas. Uh, some primetime golf. Let's see, watch, watch some of that. Uh, the NCAA softball. Uh, tournament continues tonight with several games across the ESPN networks and uh, start things off at seven o'clock Notre uh, not Notre Dame, Northwestern takes on Alabama and the Tuscaloosa Super Regional. Also on ESPN, Florida State and Georgia. Florida State can wrap up a trip to the Co- Women's College World Series with a win over Georgia tonight. Then follow that up at nine o'clock on ESPN2. San Diego State visits Utah and Louisiana visiting Washington. All elsewhere in the world of um, of sports. WNBA action tonight, seven o'clock on Ion. It's the Washington Mystics visiting the Chicago on Sky. On what? Ion.
1: On what? Ion. Ion. Te- you <laughs> Ion can TV. say it eight times. It's not going to change. About- and it's what? Ion and
3: Television. Ion. Te- get it? Ion Television. And then at (laughs) nine o'clock, it's Dallas Wings visiting the Seattle Storm. Follow that up, and of course, I mentioned some racing action for you tonight, seven thirty on FS One against NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, North Carolina Education Lottery Two Hundred from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's Night Nightly TV guy, brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer.
1: Thank you very much, Brooks, and yeah. uh, thank you for being on throughout the week. Hope you have a great weekend. I hope
3: you keep your eye on TV this weekend, Ryan.
1: Oh, thank you. Not that <laughs> channel, but, but certainly other channels. And, uh, Cam, thank you for being here. Hope you have a great long weekend, or I guess we'll see you actually short for you. Cause, yeah. Uh, usually not on the Monday show, so we'll see you again on Monday. See you on Monday. And, of course, we always appreciate all those that tune in throughout the week, called in throughout the week, and... Uh, couldn't do it without the great support that we have. So appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. Again, we'll be back on on Monday. For Brooks Childress and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.